0: you bunch of yahoos strap yourselves in for another episode of dan and don's toxic masculinity
1: in other words shut up sit up and pay attention hello and welcome to another episode of toxic masculinity we are here to entertain off and defend anyone and everyone more than uh anything hopefully to make you think and for some of you, it might be for just the very first time, we're here to make you scratch your head, scratch your ass, just try not to do it at the same time. We have other special features as double D's in your face. And uh, my co-pilot in crime is Don the Predator Fry, and yours truly, Dan B be seven. So, how did we do there on that flying by the seat of my pants there? Marvelous. I think, marvelous. I think it's I think
2: it's good. I think it's good so far
1: to be covered it so just we could basically <laughs> talk about anything and everything make fun of people laugh at people and then uh, and actually get serious at different times when you
2: were talking about double D's in your face I had a different view than than Don, Don and Dan and then I came well, back to reality you know, so. something
1: we don't that's the one thing that we we like uh, on the show here we try to promote um, someone's span to, uh, of, of imagination okay. <laughs> Educate
2: yes. and entertain. I like it.
1: Yes, yes, yes. That's the whole purpose of such uh, quotable quotes. It's kind of like, well, we're toxic masculinity. <laughs> you know, Mr. Fry, actually, when he wakes up in the morning, he identifies as a masculine male, and uh, so do I. It's kind of like going. Huh. So, all right, there. So, Mr. Fry, do you want to uh, introduce our, our, our guest here today? Maybe I know that we've been, we've been flapping our yap right along here right now. So. uh, William, I mean, you pronounce the last name is a...
2: Branham. Please,
1: please. Branham. Branham, yeah. Branham, okay. And you said go, you'll go with Will or Will?
2: Will, William, whatever, yeah. Either either one of those two.
0: I want you, he's been Navy SEAL for over 20 years.
2: 26, 26 years. 26 years, 17 days.
0: Over 20 is, you know, Yeah, you're
2: exactly right. Yeah, 26. 100%. Yeah. Excuse me,
0: sir. At least... <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, but my, my first question is, uh, at, at what age were you, uh, and what made you decide that you wanted to go with the military?
2: So I think I, I've, from very young age, I always knew that I wanted to be part of the military in, in some way. I wanted to be part of some elite unit. Um, my role models growing up were was John Wayne. He's got a picture right here uh you know he was uh the movie green beret he was yeah. green beret in vietnam yes, sir uh there was the movie delta force with chuck norris yeah. there was uh what else was out there um there was some other rambo john rambo he was an army ranger uh, yeah, I maybe some, did some other stuff. Uh, I grew up watching like Kung Fu theater. So I wanted to be a ninja also when I grew up and uh, I was Dan also, took your spot on that <laughs> one. I'm still working on that one. So uh, that's why I'm hanging out with you guys. Uh, then I wanted to, um, then I was, I was uh, heavily involved in the, in the boy Scouts. So I became an Eagle Scout and you know, I grew up hunting and, and running around the woods, you know, in camouflage, shooting guns. Uh, I I was, I thought I was a pretty good swimmer until I actually went to SEAL training and then I learned that I I pretty much suck at swimming. But I am comfortable in the water. Um and I always knew I wanted to be part of some elite unit. I also I wanted to fly F14s and I and I wanted to be you know so, something like that. I didn't know what a Navy SEAL was. We didn't have internet back then. You know, the TV that I had growing up, I had like two chat two like knobs on it with rabbit ears and two, uh two knobs and two channels. Yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. And uh and and then I told someone that I wanted to be, you know, something like that. And he was like, well, why don't you be a Navy SEAL? And I'm like, well, what is a Navy SEAL? He's like, they're like the best of the best as far as like special forces go. They, they jump out of airplanes. They blow shit up. Uh, they, they they scuba dive. Uh, they, they you know, run around in the woods. And I was like, "That yeah, that's, that's, that's what I want. And I think it was really the water component that really drove me to, to being a SEAL because I thought I liked scuba diving because I watched – you know, National Geographic and, and things like that, and, and being underwater was, was, was attractive to me at the time. I don't really like going underwater that much anymore. Um, they, they kind of broke me from like, in, you know, wanting to, to, to enjoy that, that piece of it. But uh, so the, the, my, uh, the year between my 11th and 12th grade of high school, uh, a Navy recruiter called me and he was like, so you ever jo- thought about joining the Navy? Originally, my, if he would have called me like six months before, I would have been like, hell no. They have the ugliest uniforms. They're wearing bell-bottoms and dungarees and the little white Dixie cap. Like It was, like, the, the worst uniform of all the, the services. Like, the Marines, the, the commercials I watched growing w- up.
1: way William, William, I need to cut you off the bell-bottoms and stuff like that. For my friend, I probably have a couple of pairs of bell-bottoms still in my closet. So well, just well, it, waiting you, for you, them to come you, back
2: in style. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? I, I think they're back in style now. But uh, <laughs> and, and after the Navy, of course, phased them out. But... Uh, <laughs> But you know it was, but the Marines, you know, their recruiting commercials were like, you know, they have like a, a badass uniform and they're fighting dragons with swords. And I'm like, dude, the fucking Marines look pretty good over there. So, um, but they're, but the Marines weren't Navy SEALs. So uh, the Navy recruiter called me and said, hey man, have you ever thought about joining the Navy? And I was like, well, I want to be a Navy SEAL and I want to fly F-14s like the movie uh, Top Gun. And we had just finished the, 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 the first Gulf War and that war was won by, you know- Airplane. Air, yeah, <laughs> air superiority and dropping bombs and doing stuff like that. So, so those were the two components that I was looking at uh, when I joined the Navy and then, you know, I joined the Navy and eventually it took me a while. It took me three years from the time I joined because I made some tactical errors in my decision-making process and uh, before I actually got to, to go to SEAL training.
1: But, okay, but you didn't come from a military family. Your father wasn't well, military. Well, actually, my
2: my my grandfather was a, was a in the navy in World War II, uh, and it's interesting. Like he used to tell me these stories about you know how they taught uh, they taught them how to uh, sneak up behind a sentry and like they would say you know grab his nose and cover his mouth so he can't scream, and then you take your k bar knife and you shove it in into his throat like and then you push it out like that, and uh, and that's all that he ever told me like. You know, my entire youth. And then after I graduated SEAL training, then he told me, he followed it up with, he told me the same story again that I've heard a million times. And he then he said, the first one struggled a lot and it was like a lot of work. And I then I, I had some, you know, some lessons learned from that. But the second one, I grabbed that dude and took care of business quickly. And I was like, <laughs>
0: oh shit,
2: that was badass. I had no idea ever. So, uh, wow. but I didn't have like, he just, you know, I knew that he was like a, a bosun's mate. He drove the, the little, uh, if you've ever seen the movie Saving Private Ryan, you know, those, those yep. landing craft, like bringing the, yep. the Marines ashore. Well, he drove those, those landing craft into the beach to drop the Marines off. And then he also, you know, I have a, a, a picture of his ship that he was on in world war II. And, uh, he has these stamps that are, that are underneath the, the ship with these airplanes, Crashing into the water, and those were the kamikazes that he got credit for. He's like, I shot down way more than that, but these are the airplanes that I got credit for uh, shooting down during World War II. These kamikaze planes coming to try to like blow us up. Yeah. So I was like, oh damn, Papa, you're badass. But that's just my internal monologue.
0: <laughs> I love it. Was it. A, it was a short one too, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but I mean, I, it is really good there that because uh, usually families that have fathers or uncles and stuff like that right. that are in military, they tend to kind of follow in suit there. So, and, and my dad was uh, also
2: in the Navy. He was a CB, kind of a construction guy. And uh, but, but none of their experiences ever was a reason that I wanted to join the military. I just wanted to join the military because I wanted to be part of a, a small elite unit. I didn't want to be part of like big army and like have these big marching and I wanted to like shoot guns and blow stuff up and like work as a small team, sneaking around and, and doing cool stuff. Wow.
1: I mean, did you grow up? Uh, you, Cause you said you like going out hunting. And yep. that, did you, uh, did you go up like a, on like a farm area or did you, did you well, I, you grew, up, out to, I the, grew up
2: in, uh, in Meridian, Mississippi. So or outside of Meridian, Mississippi. And so my grandfather, he was part of a hunting camp and, and every Saturday we would, we would go hunting and uh, okay. we'd go, you know, hunt whitetail deer. And then in the spring, we would also hunt uh, turkey.
1: Okay. So definitely, it sounds like Grandpa was, was a big influencer on, on guns and, yep. uh, you know, and he, he's done quickly. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
2: And it's, and it's interesting, like, after I joined the, you know, the, the SEAL teams and I learned how to shoot, like, really shoot guns. And then we went back and we were hunting and, you know, messing around with guns. I realized he didn't really know how to shoot that well. Like, I didn't know it as a kid because I didn't know anything. <laughs> but as, as you know, I learned more and I went back and I was, uh, you know, talking to him and, and hunting with him and things like that. I realized, like, wow, Papa, you don't know how to let – me, let me teach you how to shoot now. Like, you've taught me a bunch of stuff. Let me teach you how to, you know, <laughs> like, you know, sight alignment. And, like, he would see a deer or whatever, and he would just throw the, his shotgun up and just blast away not really hitting in like any vital parts, but we would have to track, you know, these animals for a super long time. But, you know, he got better eventually also, so.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I'd say, I, I know Don's heard some of these stories before, but I Farm there as well. Shooting at twenty-two, you gotta be very accurate. With a shotgun and draw buckshot, you just gotta get into that general vicinity. General area, <laughs>
2: yeah, for sure, yeah. So, oh, oh that's- Get close. Maybe one of those pellets will knock them down.
0: I don't have to worry about. It. When, I go, when I go bird hunting like that, use 22.
2: Yeah, I mean th- that will make you a better marksman well, for go sure. Dove hunting,
0: right. yeah, yeah. Use 22, bird. Yeah,
2: yeah. Wow, they're yeah. fast. That's impressive.
0: Yeah, and I got some land to sell you too. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's impressive.
0: <laughs> so, how many How many times have you getting How many times have you got shot while hunting?
2: Uh, only once. Only, only been shot, once? Only been shot one time hunting, yeah.
0: Running around in your deer outfit or well, what? I
2: was a turkey outfit, actually. Oh, okay. My my great uncle mistaken me for a, a turkey, and then... Uh, <laughs> the uncle, he didn't like you, huh? Uh, well, you know, the story is he had cataracts, and yeah. he had a, a, a face net <laughs> over his face, and so he was probably about 15 yards away from me. I, I was sitting there first. I watched him, like, walk up. And, uh, so I did my turkey call and, uh, he looks at me and I, I, I'm thinking like he sees me. I'm not like super camouflaged. I'm wearing a camouflage hat and like a jacket and blue jeans. And, uh,
0: yeah, but it is that red turkey. That, there's
2: that, you know, my, my beard wasn't quite in yet, but, uh, and, and so I wanted to be very, I wanted to look like a good hunter to him yeah. because I was 15 years old and, uh, there was, it was it was in the afternoon uh april i think so a lot of mosquitoes flying around and so i was trying to like wipe them away very like slowly and he saw this movement of my hand <laughs> and 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 because of that he's like and and we would like maybe do a little more turkey call there's a difference between a boy turkey and a girl turkey right they make different noises and uh but he just saw, heard the turkey call he saw some movement and he aimed right where he saw the movement and I happen to be looking to the right over here. Cause I'm thinking like turkeys are going to fly in over here or something. And when he, and then he shot like, boom. And I got hit like sort of the whole side of my body and uh, in my head and across my face. So like a, pullet, a pellet went through my nose. You know, I've got a bunch of pellets like in my head still. Uh, I've got like 30 something pellets in my body and two pellets went between my, my, uh, my ribs and into my colon and caused some internal bleeding but I was like, you know, I, I had to walk out of the woods. Like he shot me, and the way, kind of the way it went, hap- it happened. It went down. Is I'm looking over here. Boom! Ouch! <laughs> I'm like, I kind of felt the percussion, the blast of it. It didn't really hurt. I mean, kind of like getting hit with a baseball or something. And uh, but I was think, I was like, well, he saw me, so he didn't <laughs> shoot me. Maybe I got like some some of the blast. And I'm thinking there's a turkey over here behind me. And I turn and I look, and it's just like thicket. You can't see like two feet into the into the woods right over here. And I'm like, w- there's no turkey there. Why, what, what the hell did he shoot at? And then I start, you know, I start my, get really hot. And I kind of get the metallic taste in my mouth. And my, my face feels like it's the size of a basketball all of a sudden. I'm like, maybe he shot me. If he did, I'm going to shoot him back. <laughs> and so if I spit blood, that means he shot me and I'm going to shoot him back. And so I spit and it's just nothing but blood. I was like, oh, that's bad. Wait a minute. He saw me. I'm like talking myself out of it. He saw me. No big deal. Like, and then, like, my arm is starting to, like, not work properly. And I still more metallic. My face is getting bigger, more swollen. And uh, <laughs> and I'm like, holy shit. He shot me. I think he shot me. He, I, I'm going to shoot him back. If I spit blood one more time, I, I'm totally going to shoot him. And uh, so I spit. Nothing but blood. And I'm like, you mother. And I just started swearing at him. You shot me. You son of a. And, you know. And so I tried to shoot him back. But because... You know, I was hit, like, in, in, in this side of my arm. My arm didn't quite work. I couldn't quite get the, <laughs> the shotgun up. And he was, like, at that point, he's, like, up. And, he, like, because, like, I'm yelling and cussing at him. He's, like, what happened? What are you doing here? What, what's go-? I'm, like, you shot me, you motherfucker. And, like, I was very, a little upset. I was a little upset. And he came up, <laughs> and he, uh, the first thing he did, he was smart. He took the gun yeah, away from me. Yeah. And he was, like, oh, what, how did that happen? I, and so, so he had, uh, like, his son is a grown man, and he was also out hunting with us, so he was deeper in the woods. So I had to walk about a mile back to the car, and then he had to run back down into the woods, find his son, and then we all, you know, drove to the hospital together. (laughs) And uh, so, you know, know, I've got a few deployments under my belt as a SEAL, and I never really was too concerned about getting shot in combat. I'm like, what are the odds of, you know, me getting shot again? I mean, you other... (laughs) The rest of you guys, you're you're, you're in trouble. You're, you're, yeah, yeah you, like if shit goes sideways, I'm probably not going to get shot again. So, <laughs> so yeah, I, I've been shot. I've been shot only once uh, it, it, while hunting.
0: <laughs> well, were you ever shot so while I, you're deployed?
2: I was never shot while deployed. I was shot at. I had people try to blow me up, but uh, yeah. never. No one ever hit me while deployed. I don't mind getting in a gun gun battle because I have a pretty good. Uh, I think I have pretty good odds on that there. side of it. I don't like when stuff starts blowing up around me. That's not cool. Cause you don't really have uh like I've never been blown up before. I mean, I've been, I've been kind of blown up since then, but uh, yeah, getting blown up is not cool.
1: Getting shot at I, is fine. I, I need to go back to, I, I need to find out how, <laughs> how have like, how have the Thanksgiving gatherings, uh, been affected by this, uh, you, you know. You people people get together have, and it, it, share turkey and stories. We and, uh, we, we definitely family?
2: we definitely you know hung out a little bit, but it was int- it was funny. The the best part was, uh, you know, we show up to the hospital that my grandmother works at. I don't think she liked Uncle Grover that much in the first place. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm laying there on the hospital, like in the bed or whatever. And she's like, do you want me to go shoot Uncle Grover for you? (laughs) I was like, no, 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 it's cool. I think she would have done it, you know. (laughs) She's still kicking. I just saw her uh, last month. uh, I went home, like I went to my son's graduation. And then I flew down to Mississippi for her 93rd birthday. So, She's still kicking. She's still, wow. she's still got it going on. And I did go that's hunting fantastic. with my great uncle since then also. Was gonna, that was going to be my question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we went hunting and then I would, you know, dropped off at the first sort of deer stand <laughs> and I got up in the tree and I just like followed him like crosshairs, like don't turn around. Like that's not, not going to work out real well for you. And so, that, you know, when we finished hunting and they came out first, uh, I, you know, they would like make sure they knew that they were coming. Uh, So that I didn't just start shooting in their direction. They were they were
0: uh, clicking the antlers.
1: (laughs) Yeah, not not so much. They're like, hello,
2: we're coming up your way. Yeah,
1: (laughs) I thought I thought you might have uh, offered them up like a a bowiego hat or stuff like that. (laughs) the horns out to or something like that. Yeah, Right. right over here. Oh my god, that's that's fantastic. Well, I mean, brother, do you have any brothers or other siblings, brothers, sisters? I have a sister. Go she ahead. still lives
2: in Mississippi. She was not much of a hunter. She just, she's just a, you know, does girl stuff, I guess. So oh,
1: she's okay. never shot <laughs> anybody Other She,
2: I don't, not that I, Not that they uh, I, don't, admit. I don't, yeah, I don't know that that's true, <laughs> but I, I don't know of anyone that she's shot or, or she's been shot. So <laughs>
0: well, deep in a family, it's, it's not right. a,
2: it's not a family tradition oh,
0: yet. God. There's still time, though. Yeah, there's plenty of time.
1: <laughs> well, I'm gonna jump. I'm gonna jump around the conversation right now because to see two men that are sitting there, wearing a T-shirt that says "Get Naked," I think. Uh, you know, I I, I kind of have to have ask ask some questions here right now. What what exactly I mean, is this? I mean, my uh, question is, are you jealous because right you weren't invited?
2: Is, why don't Why don't you have a T-shirt that says "Get Naked"? because <laughs> he showed up late to the party. Everyone should have a shirt that says, "Get but naked. But,
1: but, but, as you can see right there, I, I do have one. that says signatures for soldiers. I'm okay. Right with, so I'm actually, okay
2: with that one. I'm okay with that one. <laughs>
1: so I did. I, I did that one out of respect for you there. Well, I did without <laughs> I without pre- respect. I appreciate you. it.
2: <laughs> so get naked. That's sort of the, uh, the slogan, I guess for, for naked warrior recovery and, and, and get naked is it's, it, it's a lot of things. So suck so, for, for some people, it's mental health. It's like, you know, take your ego off and stop being, you know, stop hiding behind ego and, and, uh, and man up. And, and you're,
1: you're exposing yourself.
2: you expose yeah. yourself, yeah. Get, like, get, just, get, like, they, get I, out there I, I get and like, there. yeah, don't, don't be scared. Like, be, be real. Be authentic. Uh, stop hiding behind, behind, you know. Clothes. Yeah. Stop hiding <laughs> behind your clothes. Stop hiding behind your ego. Stop hiding behind other people. Just be you. Uh, the other piece of it is, is naked is, is an acronym, and, and naked stands for never quit, accept failure, kill mediocrity, expose your fears, and do the work. And so there's a whole line of uh, you know, I, I've actually created a, a, a website where you can download a like a, a it's about an eight page PDF, and uh, the website is five the number five seal and uh, and and you can download the PDF and you can like kind of read what each one of those. Uh, Letters means what "never quit" really means, like you know, from a from a Navy SEAL perspective. Uh, What "accept failure" means from a from a Navy SEAL perspective, and from a from a broader perspective, killing mediocrity because we live in a world of mediocrity. Like you know, instant gratification and you know, scrolling, you know, social media and YouTube. You could just you like we're just mediocre now. Like nobody wants to be the best of anything. We're just okay with like uh, hand me. I want my you know my. My, my government check uh, for for not working and uh, and and I want my free phone and I want my free internet and I want like free shit like go out and work for it and like right. and like earn it um you know uh, exposing your fears okay, like
1: but w- w- will, will will I want to stop you right there I mean <laughs> is there really is there really such a thing as free I mean uh, you 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 sound like you li- you live in the same world that Don Fry and I live in this <laughs> this real world and uh, free. There's no such thing as free hundred percent everything will cost you something that's
2: what I say, like everything costs something like and who's who's paying for it or am I paying for it? am I paying for you? Well, I should get something from you in return like this is a a capitalistic world that we live in, a capitalistic country economy like we should like what is it value like
0: Or it costs you your own your own self pride right. self dignity You know? right exactly if you so yeah, too nothing, much free stuff there's too much free, free. stuff, yeah yeah. Too much free stuff takes everything out of you, you know. Right. Because you have no dignity, no self respect, no. like
2: mediocre, or you know, you're just you're, you're a left. slave. You're like, a freaking exactly. slave. Exactly. Yeah. And so, and there, there's many levels to that. You can go down the, the sort of the the political route. You can go down like just like I'm I'm a nine to five, you know, office worker, and all I do is I show up, I I I surf YouTube while I'm at the office, and then I you know. When I'm done surfing YouTube, I go home and then I sit on the couch and I watch Netflix and I'm just mediocre. I'm not really providing value to the world or to, you know, my family or to whatever. Like, you know, stop being mediocre. Kill mediocrity in your life and, and try to be fucking awesome. And, uh, yeah, and then expose your fears. That's a whole other piece where we have these fears that, like, live in the back of our mind and they control us. They make us mediocre. They make us quit when we shouldn't be quitting. They, you know, fear, you know, is is you know, what fear is is the anticipation of something that has never happened before, probably will never happen to you, but it scares you for whatever reason. And so, and I've, and I've experienced all of these things in my own, my own life, my own world, my own, uh, my own realities. And, uh, and, that, and that's why I kind of came up with these five steel secrets and part of what get naked is all about. And the D is do the work. Cause not, like we talked about earlier, there's nothing free in life. It all requires work, and so just get out there and do the work. Never no. quit, Accept failure, because you're going to failure. You're going to fail. Failure is is the foundation of, of success. You know the, the the greatest successes on the planet have a, a foundation of failure. I mean, both of you are both UFC champions, and you both have lost in the UFC. Yeah. You know, and thanks and for some, bringing that up again. And and some of that, <laughs> some of some of those, you know, some well, of those who, losses. Who booked,
0: who booked this fucker? <laughs>
2: <laughs> some of those losses made you better you lo- you know you failed in training you you got stronger you worked out you, your muscles went to failure you you became better um and so you know if you look at you know uh michael jordan greatest basketball player of all time he missed more than nine thousand shots in his career he lost more than 300 games he missed i think 26 game-winning shots still Six, uh, six rings, and, and still, still today, probably, he's a billionaire today. And, you know, but he has, he has failure after failure after failure. But what he did, if he missed a shot in the game, he would go work on that shot and then, and then make it better. You know, you have got Steve Jobs, who, who was fired as a CEO of Apple, the company that he started. And he started another company, and they're like, oh, you're, okay, you, like, sorry, you, we, we fired you. Come on back on board. Elon Musk. He almost—he was fired as CEO of his first company he started. Billionaire again. Like we're talking about billionaires here who have massive failure in their life and in their career, but they use that uh, that failure as a foundation for success. So if you have like a, a challenge in front of you, you're going to fail, you're going to fail, you're going to fail, and you build this staircase of, of failure, and then you just hop right over that thing, and you get ready for the next one. And that's what that's what it's all about.
1: Mr. Fry is supposed to be said hoorah right
0: after
1: that come on now <laughs> i'm all pumped up here right now let's go we're, we're, we're on the agenda here i am all fired up i'm not eating my coffee yet
0: i want to say you must have your uh, dollar bill and each of your slippers <laughs>
1: <laughs> that would be a silver a silver dollar piece in each one of each one of them there yeah. come on now the first one the first one real but silver. No, I, real silver I, I, I totally agree with the, with the whole attitude that you've got going on this, Will. I mean, it's uh, there's a lot of people in life that simply let, lets life happen to them. They don't make life for themselves. Right, they, 100%. You can, and you, you you know you're going to fail somewhere along the way. It's, it's uh, The difference between being, people being successful and unsuccessful is picking yourself back up, dust yourself off, and right. just realize, is that the best you got? Let's keep going. Let's, let's roll some let's more. Let's keep going,
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're going to get knocked on your ass by life, you know? It happens oh I mean, happens, happens well, again, the best
1: of we, we, we live in this era of uh, keyboard warriors to where like, they're like yeah. going, oh, yeah. oh I, I could type faster than you and I could, you. I could use these big old words and stuff like that. They're probably not going to understand. I, I, I can't stand what you used to do with these interviews that people would be come up with little, little potshot comments here and there. It's kind of like going, watch this one. Delete.
2: Right, exactly. Delete
1: move on to me is like I don't need those kind of people in my life whatsoever. I will move on and get I, rid of I, that I'll toxic keep,
2: uh, Yeah, get rid of that toxic shit really. and move forward. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Just surround yourself with greatness.
1: Well get I
2: That's why I'm here. Like surrounding myself by you two. Like Yeah,
1: I, I, I tell you what. You know, I I I'm, I'm like I'm liking what you I'm liking what you're dishing out there. I'm like what you I I want to learn a little bit more about these five so secrets. Well, what are the five soils or did you I know yeah, you basically so was, covered well, So but.
2: basically, so, so yeah, so get naked. So get is, is taking action, and, and naked is, is that, those five seal secrets. The N is for never quit. And so that's an easy thing to say, but it's not that easy to do, especially if you have a challenge that's like, you know, that seems unattainable, becoming a UFC champion, uh, becoming a Navy SEAL, starting a company.
1: I, I was always telling you, because know, a lot of people, okay, you, you keep putting up as a, as a challenge, but to me, like going, a challenge, or use the word, setting goals for yourself. Because a lot of people, a lot of young people, they don't know what they're going to do in life. Right. And they don't even understand the concept of setting a goal. What they do is it's more like wishful thinking. I think I'd like to do this, but then they don't put any kind of steps in place to start to achieve any, any anything towards that direction. And, uh, I have got, uh, I, I've got a, a, a friend that, uh, you know, I, I show up to every now and then, and then he's always surprised when I start to walk out the door, he goes, he goes, he goes, Dan Severn, he goes, do I see you retreating? I go, Oh, I says, I'm not retreating. I said, <laughs> I'm, I'm simply reloading my ammunition to come back, fighting it again.
2: <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah. So, so, so
2: it, and that's, and that's part of it. Like if you want to be successful, you got to have some, some kind of plan. And you can't have, like, uh, the good idea fairy. I got lots of good ideas. But in order for me to actually be successful and, like, accomplish something, I got to have a plan. Like, that, I'll adjust that plan along the way because I don't know everything. And as I go and I fail and I learn and I succeed and I fail again, like, I'll make those adjustments as necessary. But I, I have a plan, and I also, like, chop the plan up into attainable pieces. So, you know. I want to, you know, if I want to make a a multi-million dollar company, I got to have a plan and I'm not going to do it overnight. I got to have like, you know, I need to make, I need to, you know, make a thousand dollars first and then maybe 10,000 and then a hundred. And then, you know, grow from there. Like what's, what's attainable. It's a million dollar, multi-million dollar. Is that attainable? Well, it is, but it's a long way off.
0: It's not tomorrow.
2: It's not tomorrow. And so what, what I need to do, like, what do I need to do today? What do I need to do tomorrow? I need to like, I need to make one dollar first yeah. and then 10 and then grow
0: it from there and then in six months we'll make ten thousand dollars exactly and then in seven months we'll add another.
2: and then grow and so that you know you know starting a company that's a a thing but it can be you know even like getting a degree doing um you know uh, any kind of vocational work uh if you want to like I don't, be a missionary it doesn't matter like it's there's not a there's no shortcuts. It's not this world, this life isn't about instant gratification. It's not about uh, just being easy and entitled. It's about making a plan. And if you want to do something and you want to achieve fucking greatness in your life, then it, you got to do work. So, but you know, before you can like, you know, and I'm just going to keep coming back to you guys before you can step into the octagon, you got to fucking train. You got to learn how to wrestle. You got to learn how to do jujitsu. You got to learn how to box. You got to learn how to kick and punch and, and take a punch and you got to learn all this stuff and you don't learn it. Like the day that you show up to the ring, you learned it like, you know, all along the way, like you did some wrestling tournaments, you, you know, maybe from high school to college to, to whatever. And, or, you know, karate or whatever it is like, those were steps. Those were attainable steps that you were able to do uh, in order to, and you didn't quit along the way. You like, you kept going until you finished that, that, that process. And then you, Go on to the next process. And so in steel training, we have, you know, we've got Hell Week. Like, and, and Hell Week is five and a half days of, of you don't sleep, you're cold and you're wet and you're miserable the whole time, and the instructors are yelling at you the whole time, you have this boat on your head. And uh, but they do give you a break during Hell Week. You eat four times a day. And all you gotta do, if you're you're getting a little like mentally fatigued like i don't know how much more of this i can do all you got to do is make it to the next meal right. or just make it to the end of, like they can only keep you in the water jackhammering shivering uncontrollably for a so for such a long time they can only keep you there for so long all you got to do is wait till like suck it up and man up and just like get to the end of that evolution they're going to get you out and then they're going to put the boat on your head and you're going to start running and doing races and you're going to warm up just fine and then you're going to be tired of doing that and you're like can i get back in the ocean and like cool back down so all you got to do is like take these unattainable goals in your life whatever they are chop them up into you know bite-sized pieces and then you take those pieces and you you just stack wins win on top of win on top of win and just don't quit just finish that one thing maybe you take a break after you finish that one thing okay then you start over the next day and and continue on and that's what never quit is all about
0: so how was hell week for you i liked hell week i had a good time in hell week
2: (laughs) Um, I mean, it sucks, it's miserable, Uh, you know, one of the lessons that I learned during Hell Week is, uh, so, just to kind of give you a story, you're broken up into boat crews, boat crews are seven guys on a boat and you're attached to that boat the whole time. So, I I got a couple stories about Hell Week. Uh, Number one was, Hell Week kicks off Sunday night and they, they have these tents set up on the beach uh, you're, you go to your, the tent, you lay on your cot and they tell you don't fall asleep. Well, for us, the night before in the barracks, the alar- the fire alarm kept going off for many hours. So we didn't get much, much sleep that night. And, uh, and so they said, t- all right, go out. It's like six o'clock in the, in the afternoon in the evening, go, you know, go get in your tent and don't fall asleep. And then once nightfall comes, then they're going to come and get you and start breakout and all this other stuff. Well, I was tired. I mean, I'm, in t- I'm anticipating, you know, Hell Week kicking off, but I'm tired. I didn't sleep much the night before. So I'm like laying there.
1: Were these, these alarms going off deliberately to keep... keep That's a fine question. I,
2: I don't know. Ah. I don't know. But the fire department showed up like every, like, you know, every single time. But they, they took their sweet time getting there like an hour later. And then we go back and maybe sleep for a little bit longer. And then the fire alarm went off again. So I was like... Laying out in the parking lot outside the barracks, like kind of like snoozing, uh, on the on the in the parking lot on the ground. Okay, you can go back inside, and then so we, that went on for like four or five times, uh, Saturday night into Sunday, and then Sunday you just kind of prep and get ready to go. You watch some movies, and the movie that we watched was major pain. I don't know if you've ever yeah, seen it, yeah. <laughs> and so that the humor from that movie just like. Motivated so many people throughout Hell Week, like you know, you're cold and miserable or whatever, and someone will do like the the Damon Wayans, whatever. His I name take is. your
0: I'll take your mind off that. Let me see your finger. Take Let me see your finger. Yeah,
2: yeah. So those so those times of uh, absolute misery during Hell Week, you know, someone would like crack off a joke from from that movie, and like everyone just starts laughing. You know, yeah. like you went from like completely miserable to laughing. But you it's know,
0: hysterical laughter because you, you know, oh, you're, fucking and you're like,
2: you're yeah, for sure. You're a little fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, and so I fell asleep, of course, because I, I can't sleep anymore. But back then I could fall asleep at the drop of a hat. Um, and uh, and so Hell Week kicks off. It's breakout. There's like machine guns. They're blanks. Uh, there's explosions going off. You get up, you run out. They're, it's just complete chaos and what they're trying to stimulate is is combat the, the 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 chaos of combat and they're like telling you to do this and you're going that way and they're just like challenging you and you're like running around and you're kind of in this zone of like you know figure it out and get shit done and do what you're what you're told to do and Ex- more explosions and like, okay, you go get wet. And then you have to get, grab your, your swim buddy and then go tell your, your, your boat crew leader, hey, we're going to go get wet because if, they're going to call for a muster when you're not there. And if you lose people while you're in combat or whatever, then you get punished for that. It doesn't matter. You're going to get punished anyway. But it's just part of the game. And then uh, someone that had already been through Hell Week told me like, when you're going through breakout, what I want you to do is I want you to just like step to the side of the, of the grinder uh, there are the buds compound. Just step to the side, pull yourself out of Hell week. Now, you're not quitting. You're just like stopping and you're detaching yourself from the situation and you look around. Like, see actually what's going on there. And so, you know, about 30 minutes in, I'm like, okay, I think this is a fine time to like do that. And so I stepped off the, like, you know, went out and got wet and sandy and came back with my swim buddy. And rather than like just starting to like do, you know, more eight count bodybuilders or crawl around the ground, I just kind of like stepped to the side where I was maybe not quite noticed as much, and I just looked around. And there were, like it's a two story, like the building is two stories, it kind of wraps around this, this grinder where you do all your PTs and kind of ceremonies and stuff. And I looked around, and there was, the, the balconies were full of people. I had no idea that all these people were there. I looked this way, they're full of people. And, it, and then I'm like looking at sort of what's going on in the background with like how the instructors are, are do, what they're doing and kind of the other stuff. And I was like, oh. I got it. It's not so chaotic. So I just like detached myself from the situation just for a little bit. I took it all in. I'm like, okay, I see what's going on now. And I went back to being in the, in the bubble of like, you know, completely immersing myself in hell week. So that was kind of a cool lesson that I learned. But another lesson that I learned in hell week is there was one boat crew that was winning all the races. I also knew that I didn't want to be surrounded by people who didn't want to be there. Like buds for me, it's six months long, but it took me a short 13 months to get through training. Cause you know, I, I like a little extra pain. Apparently. Um, I got injured a, a, a <laughs> few times and, uh, and, and it, now I'm, I'm making it through hell week. I've been at, at, at buds for like six months, just like spinning my wheels. And now I'm surrounded. Like, like there are guys in my boat crew that are, they want to quit. And I'm like, get out. But other guys are like, no, no, stay. I'm like, no, no, let him go, go away. And so why, because they don't want to be there, they want to quit.
0: No, I know like, that. I
2: don't want to be a quitter.
0: Yeah. I I don't want to be. So you don't want him? Like he's contagious. You don't want He, to, could,
2: he could be contagious for other guys. Let yeah. them make their own decision. Right. And and you know I, it, and that is contagious. And the bad you know, apple or sparrow hole. There's a there's and and I saw this in, in some other some other evolutions where like as soon as one guy quits, other guys start to mm-hmm. quit. They're like, okay, it's okay to quit. And I'm like, what are you guys doing? why did you even show up if you're going to quit? Like what's the,
0: what was the point here? So early in here, right? Yeah.
2: I saw guys quit, you know, when you, when you check into buds, you know, there's this misconception that, that, you know, everything is for uniforms are free and things like that. It's, you know, they give you uniforms, but you have to pay money to get your name tapes sewn on. You got to do the work to like stencil your name on there. You got to like start your uniform. It's, it actually costs quite a bit of money. And, uh, like, guys were quitting the very first day before we did anything hard. Shit. And I'm like, "What did you even show up? What, what is going on here? And I'm looking at these people and thinking that they're, like, amazing athletes, and many of them were. Like, we had amazing athletes quit because the water was too cold or they didn't want to carry that boat on their head or I, I didn't want to run anymore or, or whatever it was. And, uh, and, and so, you know, it, it's, it's very cool in Buds. You, you learn... Like what people have in their heart, like the, their soul, like what, what drives them? Like, do, even though you're an amazing athlete, that does not mean that you're going to be a good Navy SEAL. Right. And, you know, quite honestly, I've done things in combat that were so much harder than, than SEAL training. Like people say, oh, that's the hardest thing you'll ever do in your life. It's absolutely not. Yeah. It's absolutely not. It's, it is, it's only a selection process to see if you have what it takes to do hard stuff because life is going to give you hard stuff and you have the mental fortitude to like just press through it and and keep going and 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 do the things that that are required of you in order to either live or you know thrive however that works out right i'm sure i have like 50 more stories about uh, hell week that i could probably tell
1: but oh, so. you know, I mean that you're just describing right now there, Will. I mean, it actually pertains just to everyday life. I mean, yeah. people gotta do the yeah. exact same thing in everyday life. I mean, you gotta wake up in the morning, you gotta get your ass out of bed, you gotta go to work, you've got to uh you know, you gotta make things happen. Yeah. you know if you don't like if you don't like your job, well you gotta be looking for something better while you keep the first job and uh
2: Yeah, exactly. Again,
1: as I said before, you know, it's uh what you endured there, for military-wise, was one aspect. Of, but if you want to look at it from everyday life perspective, people got to get up in the morning. You know, everyone's got 24 hours in a day. How are you? How are you, how are use you, squand- how are you squandering your day? I mean, right. a lot of people do squander squander their day, spending much sure. too much time gaming on a, on a, on the laptops and that. But uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's a great tool. The cell phone's a great tool. Uh, the, the laptop's a great tool if you use it as such. But at the same token, they're some of the biggest distractions. I mean, I, you watch people all the time. They got funny clips of, of that you can watch on YouTube as people are texting or walking down the road and they walk into a wall or walk into a post or something like that right. because yeah. they're just so mesmerized by this little electronic device here. But uh, but the same things pertain to everyday people about you know setting goals themselves and, right. and, and you know getting things done. I don't care if you're you know we had had the big covid crisis that was taking place people were locked down they can't they can't work out stuff like that but i would say what did that floor cost you that floor cost you nothing still doing body weight exercise are some of the best exercise you can do you still do jumping jacks and and uh push-ups and sit-ups and squats uh,
2: whatever you want yeah go for a run no
0: well let's get back to the the buds training because uh our first Guest was uh, Ray Cashcare. Ray Cashcare. Yep. He said, Former Navy SEAL. He said he carried you through through uh, through buds. <laughs> like you were just a burden to him.
2: Ray wasn't tall enough to be in my boat crew. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't, probably wasn't tall enough to be in my boat crew. Yeah, Ray Ray went through buds before I did. So, but Ray was like my kind of my mentor when I got to my first SEAL team. He was already he'd already been at the at the team for a uh, a couple years. And so, when I came in as a new guy, I didn't know anything. And so, Ray kind of helped show me the ropes and, and uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a few Ray stories that I will not share on the air. Oh, uh, well good. <laughs> I'm sure you can cancel this shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what,
0: was, uh, what was the hardest thing about combat for you?
2: Losing people. Yeah. Like, no one, like, your, your buddy's right there today. Right. He was right there. Five minutes ago, right. and now he's not there anymore. That was the hardest. Like, it's, like, and then the, the the aftermath of that. Like, you're still depending on that person. You still see that person. I still see, like, people that I've lost. Like, I see, like, people that look like them. And I'm like, oh, wait, he's been yeah. dead for, like, 10 years. So, that's that's the hardest part. I mean, being in combat, I enjoy being in combat. Yeah. But, you know, losing friends, that's... That sucks.
0: That's a big, heavy guilt trip. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's the hardest is the guilt.
2: Yeah, I mean, some of it, you know, there's there's this thing called survi- uh, survivor's remorse. Right. I think it, I think that's what it's called. So we've had some of that. Um, you know, uh, on one of my deployments, I was in Iraq doing security work for. Um, so our our mission was a miserable mission, but it was a no fail mission. And our job was to keep the interim Iraqi government alive. We were provided security for them. And that was like, because the CLT, like there's, there's all this sort of inner, inner uh, service animosity. Like no green Berets are better. No Navy SEALs are better. No Marines are better. No army rank. Like everyone's like, we're, we're all, who's better. But because they, this was a no fail mission. Like we can't afford politically and strategically to have one of these guys killed. They pulled us off of, you know, hunting down bad guys to keep these guys alive.
0: Yeah.
2: And so uh, on, on one of those, you know, and we also were, were doing work in Afghanistan. And so I was at SEAL Team 10, I was a platoon chief in 2005 and we deployed, so my platoon deployed to, to Iraq to do that security mission and uh, I was going somewhere with this. I have no idea where I was going, but I'm just going to tell a story anyway. Um, oh, it was about losing guys. So I was in, in, uh, in Iraq, and, uh, and we're doing the work, and before we went, I was pretty pissed off that we got this mission. My platoon got stuck with this, and I kind of bitched at my commanding officer, and I was like, sir, you know, you know that our platoon is better than that, those platoons. He's like, you're right, you are. Not all SEAL platoons are, are created equal, and I'm not saying that we were always the best, but that particular platoon that I was a part of, I, I would put them against anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, most of them went over to development group. Most of the guys went over to development group and, and, and thrived over there. Um, but while we were in Iraq, our, uh, the other platoon was in Afghanistan. And if I don't know if you've ever heard of the o- Operation Red Wings where, uh, what's the guy's name? Um, Marcus Luttrell, yeah. the Lone Survivor. Right. So he was from the team that I retired from, uh, but that was our s- like sister SEAL platoon went over to do that mission and uh, to do to you know to hunt bad guys in in Afghanistan. And you know I was all emailing those guys you know the day before right. they got shot down, and so we lost. That was the biggest loss of SEALs up until about ten years ago. When uh, another helicopter full of seals got shot down, but that was the biggest loss of seals since Vietnam, um, and there were like people I was just talking to, and that was that was tough. And then we've had guys that didn't get on the helicopter that, you know, they eventually were kicked out of the Navy because they had so much like weird survivor's remorse uh, that. Like their their brains were all screwed up, yeah. and uh, and they, and it's carried on with them. So I think losing people is is really the, the hardest part. But that's combat also. Yeah, you know, that's just part of it. Who okayed that mission
0: for the helicopter in that position?
2: So there were a lot of lessons learned from that. Um, it was so that was a a quick reaction force. So the gut. So there were four guys on the ground doing reconnaissance of, of a bad guy, like his compound. They were up on the mountain observing a compound down over there somewhere. And um, they, you can't really hide in Afghanistan. Like, those guys are, like, walking all through the mountains. Like, they know everything. Like, if a, if, a, if a bush is out of place, they know it. And so there was a shepherd, like, kind of cruising through and, like, walked right up on the guys. And so they, like, wrapped him up and they tied him up and they eventually let him go. And the thought is that he left and he went and told the local warlord or whatever Taliban, Hey, there's a bunch of Americans up there and this is where they are. And so uh, the Taliban came up and they took the high ground and they started engaging the the seals that were on the ground. And then those guys fought their way back. We lost three in that gunfight. And then Marcus Luttrell, you know, he sort of got blown off the, off the, the side of the Hill. But uh, Murph, who I- eventually got the the Congressional Medal of Honor posthumously, Michael Murphy. Michael Murphy. He got up on a rock, you know, and and he was shot, and then he got up on the rock and he got on a cell phone because they couldn't make radio comms because there was a mountain in the way of the right. of the of the satellite. And he got up tall enough in order to call back to the headquarters that was a couple hundred yard miles away, a couple hundred miles away, and said, "Hey, we're under heavy uh, heavy gunfire." We need a quick reaction force. And so he called directly back to, to the to the platoon, the task unit, and they ran out and they coordinated and they jumped on helicopters and, and flew out. And then uh, it was broad daylight. The organization, that the, the, the Army helicopters that we were working with, uh, they generally don't work in the daylight. And the, the, the MH-47s, the, the double, uh, double-bladed uh, helicopters – they can go a lot faster than a single-bladed helicopter, and so they were in a hot hurry to hurry up and get there, and they didn't wait for their kind of support gunships right. to to get there and kind of clear the area and 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 secure the the the, the landing zone. And so they rolled in, and uh, one of the one of the uh, guys on the ground with an RPG had a direct hit and like knocked the the helicopter out of the sky. The other helicopter, you know, they were shot at, but they missed. I you know had buddies on the you know. One of the guys on the other helicopter, he's been in, like, five or six helicopter crashes. And I was like, for sure Pete was on that helicopter. And he was like, he was like, dude, I saw the RPGs cruise past our helicopter. And, you know, we were lucky. They missed us, and they, they flew away. But, you know, I'm in Iraq. I can't do anything about, you know, my brothers, you know, getting killed over here. And I'm busy babysitting, you know.
0: Yeah. These, yeah politicians. Yeah, exactly. Or bureaucrats.
1: Yeah. So, yeah yeah yeah. i got to say when you were saying the word rpg a lot, a lot of the people are gonna say rpg just to, for to let them know it's a rocket propelled grenade correct exactly exactly you know it's funny like i was in the in the SEAL
2: teams for a few years before i even knew that acronym funny enough
1: yeah well i, I was actually in Afghanistan and i went on a uso tour to half a dozen of different uh fobs so that was uh really interesting to be there and then uh Probably the most solemn occasion was they, they uh, let uh, the different people know that uh, at it's either around 5 a.m. in the morning um, that they were going to be uh, bringing some some of the soldiers' bodies. Yep. And that uh, if you wanted to step out onto the asphalt, this is how you do it. And so they, I, I went out there, and it was people need to see this kind of stuff. Yeah,
0: for because sure. Because they
1: don't unless you're there. I mean, but it was it just. The way that each soldier just would step up there, just 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 their, like just their toes onto the asphalt. Yeah. And then as as uh, as their their comrades that that, that uh, uh, you know had passed on, as they're being uh, driven past, I mean they they some uh, would salute and that, and then they would uh, once it was passed far enough, then they would head back to their their barracks. after yep. To that, so it was a very solemn. Yeah. to yeah Watch. Yeah, no, that's what I mean that's a very big where It's like you know most Americans have never been to Washington D.C. They don't go and see, uh, the greatest uh, you know, what's supposed to represent our country. You know, Americans don't see that. They don't. Uh, they they should go and see like uh, Arlington Cemetery. They should watch the the changing yeah. Yeah, of the sure. guard because yeah. those are, or go over to the different uh, monuments of Vietnam and, and other wars where when you with one stroke of a hand, as your hand goes across this uh. Uh, chunk of marble there that you just your hand just ran over across probably several thousand names That their poof they gave their life for you to be stupid you yeah. know and that's just 100 that's that's the part that pisses me off all, all the time here because it's uh I'm, I'm i'm big about education i, I, I want to come back for one thing what i wanted my question was for you is that a lot of other foreign countries upon high school graduation you now go into the military right. for probably a minimum. I think it's two years, yep. and uh, I really think that the United States should do the exact same thing. That we have lost so much. Uh, I don't disagree with you. Integrity. We've lost so much. Uh, I mean, I hate. To say, we've lost backbone and balls. Is sure. what we've lost.
2: I mean, I, I think the the biggest issue that we have is is the big media drives fear drives complacency drives like like if you could if we could you can't get rid of the first amendment but freedom of speech and media and all that other stuff but if if they had integrity if they had integrity and they actually reported the news instead of trying to drive fear and chaos into the country then we would still be fucking awesome
1: no, I, I agree. But th- there was a time, though, if you did print a story or you talk about a story and you did not have the facts, you were held liable right. at that point in time. Not anymore. And you would have to do a retraction. I mean, that, that's the sad part about It's like, you know, yeah. There's uh, there's, there's certain sources uh, to me. Uh, if I want, if I read the National Choir, that's, that's, that's one magazine right. I, I expect to see, uh, you know, Uh, mothers who got impregnated from uh, aliens Aliens, from outer space, but uh, I I don't expect uh, that to be on my television, you know, off of one of the major networks.
0: Up to nine months ago, we were awesome, you know, for four years.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, well, let's Go, go ahead there first, Brian. I saw no, you, so but you want, ready to say something more witty here. You want like me that. to do the math for you, Severn? <laughs> <laughs> Related to money. I, I understand it better. <laughs>
0: uh, Trump? <laughs> How's that? Yeah. There you That's go. money. There you go. That's successful yeah. money. And, you yeah, know, we, no. we
2: we also have a – we've forgotten. Uh, we, we as Americans, because we have, like, so much opulence – and there's this... and Where where people are talking about oppression and all this other nonsense in, in the United States. There's no oppression. There's none. There's some microaggression. Sure, there's no oppression. But... You know, 9-11 was... This is the 20th anniversary of 9-11 coming up. Yeah. We've forgotten. We have, like... 9-11 was horrific, but it brought the nation together. It brought, like other nations hate the United States because of what we have and the awesomeness that we have. And, uh, and after nine 11, like other countries were like, Oh, you're like, we support you. We support everything that you do. We're sorry that what happened to you. And then, yeah. And then the media gets involved and then, but yeah, we're quick to forget like tragedy and whatever. And you know, then the media comes and they, they, they manipulate the truth. So you only think about what they want you to think about because that's
1: what sells. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's the sad part. Uh, as I refer to it all the time, the sheeples of this world—they keep if you watch enough of uh, one uh, brand of news and you don't explore a little bit of some other stations and that, uh, or the internet, uh, you will definitely be led to believe in only one direction. Hundred percent. I think you got them blinders on and you're seeing straight ahead. So. Yep.
0: So you're you're in Hawaii. I am in Hawaii. Okay. I
1: mean, right now I'm in Arizona,
0: but. Yeah why'd you come to Arizona? To hang out with you guys. Uh, damn right. <laughs> what are you going to do this weekend?
2: Uh, so this weekend, uh, flying to New York City, we're doing a, and and Ray Cash Care did this with me last year. He's doing it with me again this year. We're doing a swim across the Hudson River. And it's to bring awareness to uh, homeless veterans, it's, well, uh, to bring awareness to veteran suicide. It's a, to bring awareness to uh, the 20th anniversary of 9-11. It's to bring awareness to uh, Extortion 17, which was the other uh helicopter that was shot down 10 years ago. So it's the 10th anniversary of Extortion 17 being shot down. It's the 20th anniversary of nine eleven. And so what we're doing is we're going to start it somewhere in New Jersey at, at one park. Uh, we, we do about 100 push-ups. We grab flags. And right now there's about 170 of us, I think, uh, SEALs, first responders, and other patriots. Uh, we're going to do like a two-mile run with flags along the 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 river, the, the Hudson River, to another park. We We put the flags away. Uh, some people put them on a bus and take them over to New York. We get in the water, we swim out to the Statue of Liberty. We do 100 push-ups out there. We do 100 push-ups and 22 pull-ups, and then we get back in the water. We swim over to Ellis Island. We do another 100 push-ups and 22 pull-ups, and then we get back in the water and we swim down to Lower Manhattan, uh, where we grab our flags. We run down to the 9/11 Memorial, where there's more pull-up bars. Uh, then we we drop the flags off. We uh, do another 100 push-ups and 22 pull-ups, and then we will place flags on, like little mini flags, on the, the, around the 9-11 memorial. So in, in commemoration to remember, you know, all the people who died, to remember that, you know, terrorists came and, like, attacked us, but we're also, you know, remember the veterans, the people, the first responders, the people who have sacrificed to protect this nation and, and make it great. And it's, it's a hard event. Like, I did it last year, and it was a kick in the balls, and uh, Ray, if Ray were here right now, he would tell you exactly the same thing. Um, it's it's a really hard thing to do, but we're we're that's one of the reasons we're doing it. We're going out there. We're going to go crush it and uh, and and wait,
1: raise money and bring awareness. Wow, well, I mean that's fantastic. I mean that's obviously got to be an all day event. I mean just to be able to do all that stuff. It's 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 a few hours for yeah. sure. Yeah, they no, yeah, yeah, do that yeah, before yeah. before lunch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well... <laughs> you, you lost me on that swim there. That day. <laughs> I, I, I don't look too bashful uh, to have my little uh, oh, floaties you, on there. I, you thought, know, I, thought you, I thought you were hyperventilating when you heard the word
0: lunch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be that free. Might be the, that'd be free lunch. That,
1: that <laughs> might. That might be the dangling carrot that makes me through. Like yeah, if there's lunch on the other side. Well, Severin's gonna make it.
2: <laughs> and it's funny. Wow. I'm I'm not a good swimmer. I hate swimming. I hate swimming. But, you know, part of, part of doing this event is, like, not being mediocre, not, you know, doing hard shit. Right. Like you should always challenge yourself, challenge your body, challenge your mind, do, do hard things, and that's part of killing mediocre, killing mediocrity. And so if I were to, I can, I can totally not do it. No one's going to judge me. Right. I want to do it because it's hard and because it, it's for a good cause. And, you know, it's just one more way for me to kill mediocrity in my own life.
1: Well, again it's you, you reach more people when, when you you use your your own life as an example to others. Right. So yeah. So it's uh that, that's huge. And again, like you said before, surround yourself with like minded individuals who are as close as possible, but that way you help to everyone helps raise each other right in a process. So I try to. I try to do that with a lot. of People. I meet a lot of athletes. Uh, I do a lot of uh, you know, seminars. You know, doing submission grappling this or amateur wrestling that. And uh, if you want to excel, you got to set those those goals, and you have to then know how to move towards those goals, setting right. those different uh, steps, and knowing that just like you said before, you're going to have some failure failures along the way, and and uh, you know overcoming those failures or you know, just keep trying again. I mean, it's. Uh, I actually I had to use. I had to use a computer to get through to one student at at one point in time. I couldn't, I was completely lost on this one kid. For whatever reason, it just dawned on my mind. I asked him, do you play video games? Oh my God. It just, his eyes lit up that he loves playing video games. I go, well, when you first played video games, how were you? He goes, oh, I was horrible. Well, why were you horrible? Because I hadn't played it enough. I go, so. The more that you played the game, it's kind of like practicing the same move over and over. The more that you play the game, you get better at got The more that you practice this maneuver, the better you're going to get with that. And they could, and, and he finally got it. As I as I was walking away, I felt my head going. That I had to use a laptop to uh, or a computer here to get to someone. But at the same token, it's kind of going. At least I got to him and uh, it registered to me. finally understood right. what it meant to try.
2: Yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah. That's yeah. the world we live in now.
0: Yeah. Uh, you, were, you want to yeah. dive off, you want to dive off into, into cement. So speaking of diving, what's you, your diving experience in the...
2: So, um, like I talked about earlier, I don't like... Uh, I don't, I don't like diving that much, yeah. so much any, anymore. No, you say you don't so like, like swimming. No, no I, don't, I don't like swimming <laughs> either. I like surfing. I like surfing. I like, I like freediving, uh, where you hold your breath and you go down uh, and hunt for fish. So it's just another way to hunt, gather food, and it's a skill set. And it's hard to, like, hold your breath underwater. And you're like, I have, I like to say I have micro lungs. Like, I can't hold my breath that long. I have held my breath for four minutes. Well, fuck. <laughs> But it was it was it was under a a, uh, a very um, big woman, huh? A very big woman. It was a, a very controlled environment where we're practicing freediving, and the, the Navy paid for like the best freedivers in the world to come out and teach us how to do it. And so you, we just had our face in the water, and with our mask on, and you have a buddy watching you, and your hands are on the side of the pool, and there's a guy like it was super zen and like you know he's trying to be like calm and like so a a four minute breath hold static is equal to a two minute working breath hold so what we were working up to is uh swimming down to 120 feet touch a plate and then swim back to the surface and um so as i'm like at like a minute and a half i'm like i'm already like (coughs) but i just did that for the next three and a half minutes or two and a half minutes and uh and, but it was, it was miserable. And then the, what was actually worse than that was the two-minute exhalation breath hold. So you take a deep breath, and then you blow it out. And then you hold your breath for two minutes. That was harder than a four-minute breath hold. Yeah. Um, but it was like you can, you can totally do it. Anyone can do it was basically what they were showing. And, you know, that comes back to that never quit. Like, also, I'm surrounded by a bunch of badasses that are all doing it with me. So I'm not going to be the first one to like come up and like breathe when everyone else that is maybe junior than me uh, are are doing it also. So I'm just like, nope, I, you know.
0: So your ego overcame your my fear of death, hundred <laughs> percent. Yes,
2: and and generally, like, ego is a good thing or it's a bad thing. You just got to know when it's good and yeah, when yeah. it's bad. So for me, it was good. Uh, because I don't think I would have ever lived that down if I would have quit before anyone else. So yeah. I just kept going. <laughs> and then, and, but, the, but also the, the other piece of it is like when you go down, you swim down and you hit that plate and you're coming back up. When I was going down to that 120 foot, you're like super streamlined, you're kicking, you're relaxed, and eventually like gravity really takes over and pulls you down. But, um, and you're counting your kicks. It's very like kind of methodical. And I counted my kicks and I'm like, I should be there by now. I don't know why I'm not there. (laughs) And then I stopped and I looked to see how far away the the plate was from me. And it was about 10 more feet. I could have turned around and gone back to the surface. yeah. But I was like, nope, I got to touch the plate. That's what I have to do. And so I got completely out of like alignment of like swimming down. And so I had to like kind of turn my body, get back into alignment, used a bunch of oxygen go down hit the plate turn around and like come back to the surface and there's an instructor he's like watching you and filming you and he's there for safety and i like you know hit the thing and i'm on my way back and i'm like i'm like oh my god this is i have a long way to go back to the surface i'm like i don't know if this is gonna if i'm gonna make it or not so i gave him the and so he like came up closer to me just in case i blacked out on the way to the surface but yeah (laughs) that was that was super hard but as far as like diving uh goes in the in the in the seal teams we use a a rebreather and it's uh it's a closed circuit rig it's 100% o2 and there's a bunch of safety parameters that go along with it but the way that we get where we're going is we you have a, a compass a depth gauge and a watch and you follow a bearing for a certain amount of time and then once you hit that uh bearing at that certain amount of time you turn and then you go another bearing for a certain amount of time, and then you turn and you go another bearing a certain amount of time to get where you're going. And you have to remember all the stuff in your head, uh, how long for how far, uh, in case something happens to you, you get compromised and the enemy like, looks at your notes that you have. Right. That's not cool. But also, you, know, you don't really know where you are when you're underwater. Right. You're like, you think you're there. But you don't really know. Like, you didn't know that you can't, like, feel the current. that's like, maybe pushing you off. And so navigating underwater is, is super complex and, and 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 very hard, and it sucks. And you could be underwater for up to four hours on that rig, breathing 100% O2, and then you're, you're pissed off at your buddy because there's this thing called um, uh, C, uh, O2 toxicity, and yeah. it makes you, like, super pissed off. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and, and there have been many arguments underwater because you have this – Regulator, this mouthpiece in your mouth. And you can't let any water into the mouthpiece because if you do, it could flood out your rig. And then, uh, so what you do is you, you exhale, it goes, your CO2 goes into the CO2 scrubber. It looks like kitty litter. And uh, it, 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 you push out the, the, the oxygen, but it keeps the CO2 in this kitty litter. And then it goes into a breathing bag. And then you also have another bottle that adds more CO2. So you, as you breathe out, there's less O2 in the, in the air that you breathe out cleans the co2 and then you're you're and it adds more o2 volume to the breathing bag it's just so it's just a loop but if you let water into your mouthpiece or into your rig in any way shape or form then it gets into that kitty litter that co2 scrubber and it turns into this acid and it'll bubble up and it'll bubble right back into your mouth and you're like you're like, like 20 feet and you're like you start breathing in this acid it's not a pleasant experience now you have to like you
0: start hallucinating, yeah, or you're getting like real get acid. Out, like you're getting, like
2: yeah, it's not that kind of acid. It's <laughs> the kind that burns your mouth. It, yeah, Ooh, so you're like, shit. yeah, you have to, you, have, you practice all the, all these contingencies. Like, what if, if this happens, these emergency procedures. What if your buddy like passes out underwater? What if, you know? So you practice all these, you know, sort of, uh emergency procedures. You're like, I'm pissed at him. And, fuck him. Man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, one of the one of the things it. that happens is you'll you for sure are like you're you're either swimming too fast or you're swimming too slow or you know, you don't know where you are and your buddy's like what the fuck? and you're just like yeah. cussing at one another underwater under a ship you can't see it's total darkness and uh, yeah, so that's kind of what, uh, what what combat diving is all about. <laughs> it's yeah. not it's not sexy. It's not you're not looking at the beautiful coral reef. You're like yeah. 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 You're looking at a at a at a, at a compass and a deaf gaze and a
0: watch. You ever get attacked by anything besides your, your swim buddy, like a swordfish or a jellyfish? I, I have
2: not. Um, I, I've never seen a shark. Uh, I've never seen at least they could have been there. I know they were there because other guys that were diving in the same area. I, I know in, in Puerto Rico, there was, uh, we were on a dive at night, and four different swim pair on the same dive. We're all on the same dive said a 10-foot a hammerhead swam right in front of them. <laughs> I would have been shitting myself. Uh, but I did see uh, in buds, you know, because I don't like swimming. I do it. And I'm always afraid that a, a shark is going to eat me any moment, any moment. Um, and so that's just a fear I have to just deal with. But, uh, you know, when you swim, you swim in a, a combat side stroke. You're, you're facing your swim, buddy, as you swim. One guy's facing this way, one guy's facing this way. And I came up to breathe, and I looked, and there was a dorsal fin right behind my buddy. And I was like, oh,
1: shit. Oh.
2: And I grabbed him. I was like, dude, shark. And actually, it was a pod of dolphins. Yeah. They were, like, swimming <laughs> right oh, between wow. us. <laughs> they were, like, right. I was like, holy, that was... Cool. I was scared, and now I'm like impressed. <laughs> there's dolphins around, so I don't feel like there's going yeah. to be sharks. So we we continued. I'm in love, well. yeah. dolphins. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, that like quick it was a, that it, was quick, a that quick, it was a big dorsal fin too. It was, that quick, was,
1: friend, too. It was no joke. Front to fall. Yeah, exactly. Wow. I was out on the Island of Guam at one uh, one occasion, and uh, a number of the Navy SEAL guys took me out snorkeling, and uh, as I'm out there. All I, you, you could, such clearness. You could just see just for, for quite a ways. But in the back of my mind, I kept hearing you know, that, that little tune. Don't, don't.
2: 100%.
1: Don't, don't. I'm thinking they're going to bypass all these sharks going to bypass all these military personnel right. because they were only about, about 150 to about 170 pounds. I they could and they're looking at the buffet here. Yeah, you know? They get belly, <laughs> eagle. They, get, they get belly eagle on you. <laughs> well, but they'll be breaking me over as, as leftovers you know right. with and, leftovers and yeah. we would
2: always joke about like oh if the shark comes along you stab your buddy and you swim away yeah, so. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> speaking of stabbing I gotta go take a leak I got pain I gotta pain hydrate
2: Wait. hydrate baby
1: well, while he, while he's gone, let's let's continue here. Let's do it. Well,
2: let's so, go, if you don't so mind, let, yeah. So let's just talk, I'll tell you a quick uh, shark story. So out in San sure. Sa- out in San Clemente Island. So the third phase of buds is land warfare, and uh, we're we were out there in in uh, in San Clemente, and you you fly in, and the first thing that they do. By the way, San Clemente is the third largest breeding ground for great white sharks. Just FYI, and so. You, we come in, we unload, okay. we, we put all of our stuff away, and we're living on the island for the next four weeks. Uh, so you, you put everything away, it's getting dark, we go into the classroom, and they show us like an hour-long video of Shark Week from the Discovery Channel about Great Whites and San Clemente Island and all this other stuff and like sharks hitting. And so as all soon as...
1: Before, all before you head out.
2: Right. Well, we're on the island, and then it's, it's nighttime, and we, then they, they're like, okay... All right, in the classroom, and they give us this whole big, you know, brief all about sharks. Then we watched, like, the video of, like, you know, sharks coming out of the water and hitting these seals and, and all this other stuff. And then they're, like, the movie was over. They're, like, all right, go get your swim gear. Be on the beach in 15 minutes. And we're, like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm not getting in the water. <laughs> what did we just watch? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, and you're swimming with, a, uh, so we did, like, a, a mile swim, and I think it's the fastest as any of us ever swam before in our life. And what made it worse is we had to wear chem lights, little glow sticks on our, so you always swim with a life jacket. Uh, so the, like if your buddy, you know, goes tits up, you know, you'd pull this, this inflatable CO2 cartridge and it, it inflates in his life jacket so you can like tow him to safety. Uh, or if he gets eaten by a shark, you can like blow it up and like let him, whatever. But, uh, but now to- you've got this back like-
1: back whatever's left. <laughs> right, and, and, and,
2: I, and I'm sure there was something in the video uh, about like, you know, uh, sharks hunt at night and, you know, they see like, you know, shiny objects and that attracts them and light and whatever. And now we have these glow sticks on and, uh, and that was not cool by the way. So yeah, anyway, well, they they're either. like get in the water and all right, we're do a do a swim out to that buoy and then come back and do all of us fast. You like, I don't think we even like barely touched the water. We're like, <laughs> Oh, done. Okay. That was all right. We don't, hopefully we don't ever have to do that again.
1: You guys would being like Jesus. there walking on water. Right. Yeah, it was,
2: it was, I don't think it was far from that. It was like, you're wow. in the water. All right, let's get, get it out, get in and get out. Let's get it done.
1: Yeah. I don't, uh, <laughs> I don't think uh, again, that's always. only thing I, I said earlier that uh, being, not being involved in the military, that's probably the only thing for my, my life that uh, oh, I haven't really done right there, but that's uh, being uh being organized and just doing what other people won't do. That's, uh, that's right. been a great part of my life. So that, uh, you know, same way with, uh, Mr. Fry there. It's, uh, I think that's how people become successful with almost anything that they look to do. We, I know we were talking a little bit before, I don't know if we were, if we were actually recording at that point in time, but you said that the beard has been something relatively new, uh, to your, uh, appearance here. So right. how, 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 new has it, been And, uh,
2: yeah, so I, I, I had no intention of growing a beard when I retired from the military. So in the military, you, you, unless you're doing a special mission, and in Afghanistan, we could grow beards because
1: sure. part of it did with the locals. Yeah,
2: so part of the culture there was also is like if you have a, like a thick, heavy beard, then that yeah. means you're more of a man. Like if you have a skinny little pro, you know scraggly beard, right, you're, you're not very manly. And so much that you know, on my first deployment to Afghanistan, uh, you know the the guy that was in charge of us, he couldn't really grow much facial hair, and so the like guy, the guy that was like two two ranks lower than him would always go up and talk to the, the village elders because he was like you know he had like this massive like man beard and and uh, and so the, he just had more street cred because he had more of a beard. And other <laughs> th- other than that, I never really had a, any intention of growing a beard ever. But my daughter. Who in Hawaii? Who's eight? um, I think she was six back then. She was like, "Dad, uh, I I want you to grow a beard so I can braid your, I can like practice braiding on your beard." And I was like, "Well, that's that's going to take a little while to for me to grow it out. I've never grown it out quite that that long. Uh, I you know once it gets too shaggy, uh, I I trim it back. But uh, she's certainly um, she's just started trying to braid it, but actually two weeks ago, she was like, your, your, your beard, we need to clean it up. And so she took her like, you know, like first grade, second grade scissors with the round nose and she sat in my lap and she just like went to work and just started trimming away. And I'm like, Oh my God, I'm like terrified. I'm like, maybe I have to shave this thing off and start all over again. Wait, I have a podcast coming up out here in Arizona. So I had to like put the brakes on her a little bit. I'm like, I'm like, hold on, hold on. Let's go, let's go look in the mirror. But she actually did a pretty good job. She's like, I like it when it's like a, at a V at the bottom. <laughs> and so I had like this little V down here at the bottom. It the wasn't. Old, the old yeah. like... I'm trying to think, <laughs> trying to think
1: what, what, what cartoon character or something like that that, that would come down with, it with a V or something like that?
2: I don't like know. That She's that like, I like been. it as a V. I'm like, okay, we'll, we'll roll with that. Don't cut it all. I like it now. I didn't like, had no intention of ever growing it. And now I'm like, I see pictures of myself without a beard. And I'm like, who is that? I don't. I don't recognize that person. a good
0: thing you grew it breaks up monotony in your face. Yeah,
2: exactly. I mean, because you know,
0: <laughs>
2: when you're when you're rocking this head of hair, you don't oh. need much more. No, they're
1: scary. All right. Right.
0: <laughs> Frightening, huh? <laughs>
1: Don, yeah, I'm surprised how guy. how Quinn has been so quiet there. I mean, you haven't brought on your star. Uh, she's been taking a nap. She was napping earlier. Yeah, yeah. Been
0: taking a nap. It was hot out here, and she got she got out in the sun a little bit too much, and uh, so a little now, recovery. Now, now she's having chips.
1: <laughs> oh, gotta got get that salted take back up. Is that what it is? Well, hell,
0: these must be saltless chips. jeez. Oh, uh, it, must, it must be like you. They, they charge extra for salt. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I thought you were going to say, uh, because you get those, uh, day old chips, a whole lot cheaper something yeah. like that. Uh,
2: just a little sale, not super stale, just a little sale.
1: Yeah. Just a little. Yeah. Not quite as crunchy. <laughs> well, well, will I mean, are you, are you married or children or anything of that nature? Or? Yeah.
2: So I've been married twice. Um,
1: Oh, okay. We said that yep. Oh, yep. Wow, we wow, said that earlier. Yep. Sorry yep. about that. Yeah, yep. we did talk about that with with your son, that, okay? We left the twelfth grade. That's okay, Dan. We old know how old, old you are. I know again that I've had one of those senior moments here, aren't I? Yes, you are. Yeah. Every every now and then it happens <clears> to all of us.
0: Not me. I'm perfect. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we we won't go down that rabbit Wait, hole that? at all. Wait a minute. <laughs> That's a pretty slippery slope there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, uh, let's uh, well, let's talk about your your CBD, Deb.
2: All right, yeah. So, so I started. So,
1: I mean, we're we, all there on the table. So, I'm, let's. I, let's I, I, I'm
2: I'm trying to think about how to start talking about it. Uh, so, the reason that I started CBD is a, a CBD company called Naked Warrior Recovery. the The name Naked Warrior is. Is from the, the the predecessor of today's Navy SEAL was they were known as Naked Warriors. They were underwater demolition team guys, and uh, the, kind of the history behind it, where they came from, is if you've ever seen the movie Saving Private Ryan, there at Normandy, you know that big invasion that that happens on the beach. Prior to that invasion, the Navy went D-Day. out on D-Day, exactly. Prior to that invasion, uh, the Navy went out and they found a bunch of guys that were good at demolitions and they could swim, and what they had them do is they they were they were on the big you know these big ships out in the ocean or out in the water. They got in these little rubber boats. They drove about 500 yards off the beach. Uh, the guys got in the water. They swam to the they swam to shore. They took uh, uh, they did a reconnaissance. So they took notes about like fighting positions, uh, what what obstacles were on the beach, how you know lanes of assault that they should find uh, or or take back and, and or or even prepare because there were all these obstacles on the beach. Uh, then they got back in the water and they measured the depth of the water. So they, with a a, uh, a piece of string that had uh, knots every six feet on a, with a, a piece of lead at the end. And what they would do is they would measure the depth of the water. Like they would spread out about 25 yards apart, measure the depth of the water. And uh, once everyone had their, the depth of the water, they would mar- mark it down on a, on a slate. And then they would dive underwater, swim about 25 yards, looking for obstacles underwater, and then come up. And then if there was an obstacle, they'd mark it. And they would do three to 5,000 yards of beach a night. And then they would take that intel back to the, to the ship and, and make a chart. So they used that intel from those guys going ashore to, uh, to create basically the plan of assault for, uh, for Normandy. And, uh, and then hours before the actual assault, these guys went back in, they put demolition charges on obstacles on the beaches, they set up, you know, These lanes of assault, Uh, they cleared obstacles in the water. So they put demo charges on everything, and then they they pulled back off. And then, as as you know, the Saving Private Ryan, dun dun dun, -dun, uh, like Don's ringtone, dun dun dun, -dun, uh, starts rolling in. um, (laughs) They 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 blew the charges, and then they they basically they, they 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 cleared the way. And then the Navy decommissioned the team. And then there was this island campaign in the Pacific where, you know, where my my grandfather was driving Marines uh, onto the beaches and the Marines are running off. They're hitting these barrier reefs. They're running off. They think they're in three feet of water and they run off and they drown in 30 feet of water. So the Navy recommissioned these these uh, these teams to come back out and they they did more, you know, these hydrographic reconnaissance uh, and, and they did it, you know, basically wearing, uh, you know, some some shorty shorts, a K-bar knife. A slate around their neck and and uh, a mask and fins, and so they were called the Naked Warrior. And then they, you know, back, uh, you know, they they started, you know, focusing is a slate on, is out they wrote It's on? like a it's like a piece of plexiglass, yeah, like a like a, a rectangle piece of plexiglass, and it had like uh, boxes scored on it. So each person, depending where they were, they you know would mark, you know, you know the first lane is is uh, you know where everyone started, and then. You know, if you were number one, number two, number three, number four, number ten, you know, uh, your slate is marked. You knew where you were, and so they could take that data and like put it onto a chart, and they could sort of uh, turn it into a big picture. Right. And then, so if there was a like, you know, if everyone is see- seeing where the restarts starts and where it ends, then the guys know where to go back in and put the demo charges and blow and blow the obstacles out of the water. And uh, and so, you know, after World War Two was over. They the, the teams stayed, but they called them underwater demolition team because that's a lot of what they did. They blew up obstacles underwater. Uh, then then Vietnam kicked off, and these guys started doing operations on land. But most of their uh, most of their insertion came from the river, and so these they be, they became known as frogmen, and they became known as the men with green faces. And uh, in 1962, JFK uh, changed them from underwater demolition team to U.S. Navy SEALs. And so the Naked Warrior is about uh, it's about you know it, the heritage of of being being a seal. Uh, the other part of you know Naked Warrior is like what I talked about earlier about taking your ego off and getting naked and and being a little bit vulnerable, exposing yourself. Um, and and part of that was you know I got some baggage. You know, 26 years in the Seal Teams, I got some 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 toxic relationships uh, that we that we've kind of talked about earlier. And uh, and so part of my you know sort of recovery and and getting rid of some of the baggage was some of it. It was like mindset. I had to like kind of get rid of my ego and and sort of go through that process. But one of the modalities that helped me get there was CBD. So uh, Ray actually gave me my first bottle of CBD and uh because i i was in virginia i was having lunch with ray 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 was your dealer ray was my ray was my he he was my yeah my exactly Yeah, figures and uh he he you know he gave me my my first free sample yeah (laughs) kind of how that works i believe and uh and so you know i i took it that because i was like you know ray after you know we i hadn't seen ray in, in like years and um
0: because he's doing time for the last time he was pushing exactly. it. Exactly, <laughs> yeah.
2: And, uh, and, and, so, and so I'm like, hey, Ray, I'm going to go find some CBD because I, I think it'll be good for me. And, and, um, and I think what you have in Virginia is better than what we have in Hawaii. So uh, he's like, you want CBD? I've got some back at the house. So he gave me my first bottle. And maybe that night I slept a little bit better and maybe I was a little less pissed off the, the next morning. And, and what, I, what I like to say is water boils at 212 degrees. And I was probably living at 210 degrees. So my fuse was super short. It didn't take much, like many triggers to like send me over the edge. But what I noticed after taking CBD uh, for that, like that first bottle, I didn't notice anything like really on a daily basis. But what I noticed over time was after like that 30 days, however long that bottle lasted, I was like, you know, I went from like 210 degrees to 205 to 200 to 190 to maybe 185. And then, you know... Something else I noticed was all these aches and pains and injuries that I have from from 26 years of service. Like the pain is still there, the injuries are still there. It's just less bad. Like it's not stabbing me as badly as it used to. So those pains were just less bad, less inflammation. I it you know it helped me to drink less, uh, helped me to like kind of calm my brain so that I could have good positive self talk, uh, and and so that I could come up with the get naked mindset. And then uh, and then I stopped taking CBD because I ran out and then like I started moving back closer to that boiling point. And then, uh, I tried another brand of CBD and I, you know, started getting further away from that boiling point. I was like, well, maybe there's something to this. I happened to be at a business conference that Ray was speaking at. So Ray was really kind of the, the foundation. And I, I don't probably don't give him enough credit, uh, for like helping me like get down this road. But, but you know, Ray was a keynote speaker. So I got to go to this thing for free that was like a $5,000 to show up, uh, event And uh, I met someone in the CBD industry. I was super interested in it, and I I wanted to, um, and I really kind of wanted to work for her because I was like kind of I was failing as a as a consultant as a as uh, with the with what I had started. You know, trying to figure out what my why was. Why I'm doing this. Yes, I want to make a bunch of money, but you know, I'm not doing a great job at making a lot of money right now. I've made some, but not you know not really enough uh, to sustain a a lifestyle of, of any sort. And so I met this girl in the CBD industry, and she's like, you want to do a B2B, to B2C, to A2B? I'm like, I don't even know the letters that <laughs> you're saying to me. I want to do CBD. How about that? Um, and so she's like, well, why don't you start your own, your own uh, CBD company? And I'm like, I don't know how to do that. She's like, you're a Navy SEAL. Go figure it out. And I was like,
0: oh. Oh, wow. oh, wow. oh Bitch left you, huh? All
2: right. She pretty much pulled my man card. And, uh, and, and so... I started doing, uh, you know, I'm like, okay, well, if you, I said, if you believe in me, then I was "Uh, not, not that you just totally called me a wuss, but uh, uh, pretty much what happened. So I started, you know, kind of digging into the the CBD industry and I found like it's, it's a pretty dirty industry. It's brand new. CBD was illegal up until December 20th of uh, 2018 uh, after the signing of the farm bill. After that, you know, CBD became very popular and you can find CBD shops and, you know, at, at gas stations and it it's everywhere. Super saturated market, and the FDA has actually gone out and done a ton of um, a ton of spot checks on companies, and they found that like seventy percent of the companies out there either don't have CBD in their product, have high levels of THC in their product, don't have the CBD they say they have in there. Uh, they have high levels of of heavy metals, mercury, arsenic, solvents, things like that, uh, because you know people are just out there. Let's get rich quick. And uh, someone asked me once upon a time. You know, what's the difference between your CBD and the CBD I can get at the gas station? And uh, this wasn't my response, but I use it now. Um, It was someone standing next to me after I kind of explained like how thorough we are in like third party testing and things like that. They're like, oh, you know, what's the difference between uh, buying sushi at the gas station and getting sushi from a sushi house? Like, do you really want to roll roll the bones with like gas station sushi? Do you really want to roll the bones with gas station CBD? And, and and really, it's true when you look at like the trash that's out there in the market. Now, there's good companies out there. There's some good companies, um, but for the most part, there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of trash out there. And so, uh, what what we're focusing on uh, at Naked Warrior Recovery is there's still a stigma about THC, and so we uh, we I went out and found the highest quality suppliers that I could find. And uh, so we focus on mostly a broad spectrum product. So we still maintain the minor cannabinoids and terpenes from the hemp plant. Uh, but we remove the THC because there are people that are concerned about THC. I'm a child of Nancy Reagan's war on drugs. Just say no. Um, uh, or, and there's people that are concerned about, you know, drug testing through their work. Veterans, uh, government employees, truck drivers, things like that. And so Navy we, seals. Navy SEALs. So we make sure that we, you know, we 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 maintain the 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 minor cannabinoid and terpene profile of the of the C B D oil that is extracted, but we 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 extract the uh, the THC from that oil just to make sure, just to give people peace of mind. So what do you
0: do with the leftover THC? Well, I can't talk about that. Oh. oh, okay. I fucking finally asked a question and you won't answer. That's it. I quit. I've had enough shit. Never
1: quit. Well, where, 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 where's all this uh manufacturing that taking place well i mean where are what state or what city he can't or, answer that i, he, I <laughs> <he> can't <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: the uh it's uh it's out of colorado so there's there's uh some manufacturing that that happens in Oh, shit, I forgot. Oh, man.
0: <laughs> How disappointing. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, but okay, just to, to re-verify what you're talking about right now, because product that does not contain THC is allowed to travel across state borders, but if it has THC into it, it has to be grown, uh manufactured, and sold inside that state. Now, correct me if I'm wrong on that. but it's, nope, that No, way it if, stands,
2: if it has 0.3% or less. So the difference okay. between... Between hemp and marijuana is, is, you know, if, if, if the plant has 0.3% or less THC in it, then it's considered hemp. If it has greater than 0.3%, it's considered marijuana. It's mm. the same plant. It's just right. how it's bred. Right. And so, yeah. you know,
0: hemp... Well, they, they turn hemp into ropes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Close. so, and,
2: and, and, you know, it's been used as a medicine for thousands of years. Right. Like, if you look at history, yeah. you know, the the tombs yeah. in Egypt have found, like, cannabis plants in them. Uh, there's, you know, some biblical mentions of it. Uh, so it's been, it's been out there for thousands of years. It's been used as as a medicine, uh, kind of a like a cure-all. And, I, I mean, I, I don't know that we want to go into, like, the, 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 the science of it, like how it works with the body, but... Um, you know, as a it's an anti-inflammatory. It supports your endocannabinoid system, which is a giant neuroreceptor that's connected to every other system in your body. And basically, what it does is, your if one system is out of whack, it can pull all the other systems out of whack. And people are like, "Oh, CBD, it like cured my whatever." And and like CBD is not curing anything. What it does is, it supports your endocannabinoid system. It's like a super multivitamin. And what it when when that system gets pulled back into homeostasis, that helps your other systems work. The way they're supposed to, and your body just sort of heals itself. Yeah, that's the bro science. I'm no, I'm not a medical professional, but
0: uh, so why would you get into this?
2: Because it helped me, like, helped me drink less. It helped my pain go away, um, and it had it had such a positive impact on my life. I thought I should help bring it to other people, like oh, veterans, what, I mean, veterans, you... first responders, uh, people who are of service that are like you know suffering through whatever traumas that they're experiencing. Like maybe CBD can help them.
0: What injuries did you have? Uh, let's see. Hell, yeah.
1: I got. I mean, if, according well, to... Well, hell, Don, I, he got shot with <laughs> this grandfather alone. I, well, yeah, I, no, I, no, I no, attention. a long, attention, time, that that was a long attention. time
2: ago. I, <laughs> uh, according to the VA, I am... Uh, so I, I'm 100% disabled through the VA, which really means if you do VA math, it's that means I'm I'm more than 250% disabled. If you, like, add everything up directly, mm-hmm. it's fuzzy math, but, uh, you know... If you add everything up, like each injury that I have claimed for, like I have no cartilage in my knees, uh, I have you know lower back. I don't even know the the medical terms for it, but back issues. I got shoulder issues. I got this bicep that I tore once upon a time that doesn't really work that well. Yeah. Uh, I got shoulder stuff. I got this collarbone isn't connected anymore. I got a, I got a few. I got some. I got some head trauma. I got some other stuff.
0: Well, that's obvious. We see that <laughs>
1: you're a born ugly kid. And you're <laughs> gonna say it that way.
2: I ain't smart and I and I ain't pretty. So <laughs> Gotten a thousand so far.
1: Yeah, back
0: in the '80s, uh, they cut off the end of both my clavicles. you know because my had bad shoulders, and that's that's what they did back then. Yeah. Know? Oh, bad shoulders. let chop it, it off. Let's chop it off. Yeah. yeah. Well, completely disconnected from the rest right? of your body. Made no, no sense at all.
1: What are you doing? Oh, cool. well, let's get back you onto on your CBD products. And okay, I mean, I know that uh, it's just derived from the hemp plant, or is it derived from uh, marijuana? Because I mean, there's a big difference between yep. the two so different it, plants. it's
2: all it's all derived from from the hemp plant. Uh, there's three farms that we use. There's one in Oregon, uh, one in Colorado, and one in Kentucky, which is where we get the the oil from. All the oil is USDA certified organic. Uh, not all of the products are USDA certified organic only because to be, to have that, that green stamp of, of approval, all like 95%, I think, of the ingredients that go into the oil. So like the gummies, those are not USDA certified organic because some of the ingredients in there are not, don't meet that certified USDA, certified organic. Um, all of the, the tinctures, they are... The soft gels are not because of the gelatin that make the capsule is not USDA-certified organic. But uh, uh, some of the topicals are USDA-certified organic. The oil that goes into them, to that is, is, is USDA-certified organic, just some of the, the products that come out are not. And the reason that you want to have good dirt, good like a good organic practiced uh, um, farm— is because, uh, you know, hemp is a bioaccumulator, which means it pulls all the good stuff out of the soil, but it pulls all the trash out of the soil. And it's such a powerful bioaccumulator that uh, they're using hemp at Chernobyl to clean the radiation out of the soil. China uses hemp to clean the, the, the shit out of the soil over there. <laughs> and so you don't want to be putting, you know, in, and all that stuff goes into the oil of the plant. So you don't want to yeah. have, like, you know, yeah. Chernobyl hemp yeah. Uh, as part of your like CBD regimen, I mean, maybe it it'll, it'll <laughs> maybe it'll make you like super strong or like a, a mutant or something. But uh, X Men, but you, you, uh, yeah,
1: you, you glow at night. Yeah, that, that's one yeah. the big thing Yeah, is. You yeah exactly. Sever, yeah. Sever would
0: <laughs> he would trade that to get a cheaper price on it.
1: <laughs> now, Mister Fry, you've, drawn, you've crossed the line right now. Yeah, right? really? Tell like, me why. I, I knew I knew all about what he was talking about there. I mean, it's uh, the hip plant again many, many multiple uses of the hemp plant. everything from clothes to bricks, to moiter, to right. all kinds of cool things you Moida. can do with hemp. Did you but say moiter? Also-
0: Did you say moiter?
1: Yeah, okay. then. Moiter, uh, moiter. Yeah. <laughs> this is Boston accent cut, cut, in. Cut, cut him off over there.
0: Him <laughs> off right okay. Hey, man, uh, it's my hemp, dude. It's so good. Okay. All right, right yeah. what's with the uh, with
2: the greens so so because cbd is it's very difficult to market like I can't like run Facebook ads or anything else for cbd uh, i I found some some other way i I wanted to find other ways to 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 have like a, a badass product that could provide benefits and help help things so so most of us don't have enough greens in our diet so I went out and and partnered with some some manufacturers and we came up with. With uh, with some super greens, most greens on the market taste like dirt and lawn clippings, but these are uh, it, what I've been told they're surprisingly not terrible. <laughs> I like them. Um, that's why I, you know, that's why I sell them because I like them and they're good for me. And I do like fasting every now and then. And uh, when I do fasting, all I'll drink is the super greens, the CBD energy drink that we have, and uh, and black coffee. So I'll do three or five day fasts. Uh, using that just to have like micronutrients in the system so that you know the system doesn't crash
1: so like just one of those packets inside of a a bottle of water that like you have in front of you
2: yeah yeah so you can i mean you can do it anywhere some people mix the two together where in and like they'll use it like after lunch like your your midday kind of crash and they'll use those two together and get a little boost of energy to to carry on through the rest of the day because it, it's also a little. So I've also had uh, customers reach out to me and say, "Hey, uh, my wife got off of Adderall using these uh, energy energy <laughs> drinks. Like, I, it's not not medical advice, but she's like, you know, I'm I i do not have to use Adderall anymore using these energy drinks, and I still get the focus uh, from that I do from Adderall, but I use it, but I get it from from this, and I don't have jitters at the end of the day. And I've had you know, yeah, okay, you people-
1: drink. Uh- how, how long does that typically last for if you consume uh, one of those packets uh, does it say it's good for eight hours, six hours or four no, hours but, be-
2: No because it's so it's it's 75 milligrams of caffeine and 12 and a half milligrams of, of CBD and, and everyone processes those things different they process CBD differently they process uh, caffeine differently. the way I, I generally use it and I drink it every day is I, I have a, a a half gallon jug that I fill up with ice and water and I put one of these in it. And uh, I do that twice a day. And so I just have sustained energy throughout the day. You know, I drink it throughout my workout. I never feel like just like, or if I, have a, if I have a workout and I'm like just smoked at the end of it, I have one of these and I'm like back up. And I don't have like that pre-workout drink, like skin crawling kind of effect. You just like feel like good and, 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 and focused. You never really oh, good, crash good. off of it
1: but you you drinking a gallon of water basically a day i a drink min- I it drink, sounds like yeah. a, at
2: least at a minimum that's just what i do cuz i wanted to i want to drink a gal at least a gallon of water a day but water's boring like it like i don't know Not how if there's like, a shark in it i yeah i don't know how like bodybuilders just like walking around with like gallon drugs of water all the time like i'm like dude that's that's boring so I, let's let's jive it Maybe up a they've little bit. got
0: that missing THC in it. Yeah, they yeah. don't tell us about that <laughs> liquid THC that
1: we yeah. extracted. That just gets discarded. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Sure it does.
1: Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, when when do you okay? You're doing your. This, this gallon of, of liquid throughout the course of your, your entire day, you're right. saying half gallon uh, at a shot that you're doing. When do you when do you induce the, the CBD in your body? Do you do that in the morning? Do you do this after workouts or prior to workouts? What, what, do, you, what, do, you, what do you do for you?
2: What I do, I generally have a, like a, a soft gel in the morning, like one of these, uh, or a tincture, like just under your tongue uh, in the morning. Okay. And uh, I do the CBD energy drink throughout the day. Uh, and then at night I have a, a sleep formula and it has, so it's got 25 milligrams of CBD, uh, five milligrams of CBN, which is another minor cannabinoid and, uh, uh, five milligrams of melatonin just to like put me down and, and, and go to sleep at night. Like I still like, does that work?
1: Does that work good, good, well on you? It,
2: I, I generally take one or two a night and it works. It works really well. Before we added the CBN, I could push through the, like, I get tired and I'm like, I don't feel like going to bed yet. I'm working on something. I could push through that with the CBN in it. I cannot push through it. I'm like I can push through, but I don't ever like get that second win. I'm like still tired and I'm still going down. So it just take your ass to bed and go to sleep. That's what you need to do is sleep. So
1: I'm, I'm, I'm interested in that because I do have my uh, I do have my my better half that has some sleep, sleep issues, and so I'm thinking that's why I'm uh, thinking, huh? I have offered the pillow a few times, but uh, <laughs> she's uh, <laughs> she doesn't think that's very nice.
0: Get a bigger hammer. <laughs> <laughs> she's not there, is
1: she? <laughs> uh, <what>? Yeah. <laughs> oh, she, she's got ear. Yeah. she's got ear so, you know, on. Just remember, I, 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 I'm not too close to proximity here right now. <laughs> okay. Big big brother is watching and listening. Uh, <laughs> I heard her back there. <laughs> so let's see. <laughs> let's get back to uh, the sharks in the water. Yeah.
2: I do have a shark I, story I, I,
1: though. Oh well go I'll let you do your shark story here. First. So
2: so I so surfing in Hawaii. I I met a bunch of buddies at uh it's it's there's a, a reef right off of the, the, the airport, the runway. It's called Runway Reef. And it, the reef is about a mile out to sea. And so I'm on a stand-up paddleboard. I'm paddling out there, and there's a guy in front of me. I'm watching him. The sun isn't even up yet, but it, the sky is lit up, so it's, you know, a pink sky, and you, there's enough light around. And I'm, like, paddling. The water's a little churny, and uh, I don't know how big the waves are out there. But uh, I'm, I'm paddling, I'm watching the guy in front of me, kind of seeing where he's going, and then I see something out of the corner of my eye. And I look, and I'm like, oh, dude, that's a shark. And that dude, he cruises right in front of me, like big old dorsal fin, right? Like I could have touched him with my paddle. And he goes away. He puts and he like, in you. I'm like, why don't you stay over there? So then I go out, I surf like the waves. I've never been in waves this big. This is the biggest waves I've ever been in my (laughs) life. And, uh, and like, there's a big, there's a, like a channel marker, big green buoy in the water. And it's just like going up and it goes into free fall as the waves are coming in. And I'm like, Whew, big waves. Okay. So I caught some waves. Uh, I didn't wipe out too much. I lived and I'm, I'm, I'm out of sync with all the other guys that are out there and I'm, I'm paddling back out. I'm going to catch one more wave and then go in. And, um, and like, there's no one else out there. So a wave, there's a shark in the water. Well, they, did, they didn't know the shark was in the water. <laughs> uh, there was just time to go to work. So I'm paddling out and I'm getting ready to, uh, so a wave is coming. I'm in the channel where the waves should not be breaking. Like it's deep water. Waves usually break when the, when it's like a big, a swell and then it hits the a reef and then it gets bigger. Well, this wave was so big that it was breaking in the channel. And, uh, and I kind of got tossed off my board and, my board tugged on my leg. I have a leash around my ankle. It pulled, and then it let go. And I was like, that was Ooh. weird. I don't remember <laughs> it being quite like that the last time this happened to me. And, uh, and then I went to, like, pull my board back to me, and there was nothing on the end of the leash.
0: <laughs> and I was Except like, for a bite mark. Are you kidding
2: me? <laughs> and so, yeah, I'm a mile out to sea. I just saw a shark like an hour and a half ago, maybe an hour ago, like right over there. And now I have a paddle in my hand and now I have to like swim back to shore. That was not with, with some of the biggest waves I've ever been in in my life. So that was, that was quite an experience. So I started swimming back and then some guy, he's like, he's laughing at me. He's on this giant board. He's like, ha ha ha. I saw your board go that way. I'm like, bro, you couldn't help a brother out. What's going on? And, uh, and he's out there with like a life jacket on and a helmet. And like, he really has no business being out <laughs> there in the first place. Uh, and, and I'm like, okay, whatever. Sever, so I'm, Sever would have fought that shark for his deposit back. <laughs> and so I start swimming towards, you know, you know, I got a mile to go. So let's just start now. You know, you can't sit around and feel sorry for yourself out there in the middle of the ocean. And so I'm, I'm swimming in and the guy's like, Hey, you want to sit on the front of my board? I put my daughter on the front of my board. Uh, and he was like, you want to know, and we will paddle you in. I'm like, I'm not going to turn down a free
0: ride. Sure. Big boy. Yeah. What's,
2: what Can I sit on your lap later? Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, so I, I get up on his board and I'm like, I'm right. He's wrong, but whatever. It's a free ride. And then I look back and I see this wave like coming down on us. I'm like, Oh, here we go. It's going to be quite the ride this time. And, uh, and we get, we ride it for a little while and I'm just like hanging on to the board and it's total chaos. And, and, um, and then we wipe out and, you know, he's leaning left, you're leaning right, yard <laughs> sale. And then, uh, and, and then we, you know, we get back on and, and start paddling in some more. And then another guy was paddling out and he like went and got my board and, and brought it to me. But yeah, like, I'm like, I do not want to be in the water anymore. I'm done for the day. Yeah. Lost my board, giant waves, shark, Monk seal, get out. Had to I to head right down. on the front of the I, board.: I'm ready. I'm, I'm sitting on the front of the board, like I'm a hood ornament or <laughs> someone's eight-year-old daughter. I yeah. don't know what. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm like I'm, I'm, I'm not a hundred-pound little girl, I'm a 200pound man. But whatever. I'll sit on sure your you are, I'll put man. on the i I'll yeah. sit on the front of your board. Yeah, you got it on yeah. the front of the board real yeah, fast. Right. <laughs> my, my my masculinity went down really quickly right there, but whatever. Hey, yeah, you I, see a you see a <laughs> shark that'll happen. You know? <laughs> yes, yes, I will take that ride yep, now. I'll, wherever you want
0: me to sit. <laughs> I'll put the flowers in my hair, you know. Whenever you want, man. Get me out of the ocean. I'm I'm
2: ready to go today. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. That was my that was my the I think the closest encounter that i know that i had with a shark i'm sure that i've been closer to sharks i just didn't know about it
0: yeah
1: and i'm okay with that i don't need to know i am intrigued by it i mean I, well again you you don't know this really about me that will but i mean I, i've also uh, been, been utilizing some of the cbd products there in the past as well because you know just for some pain and uh, just for you know a little bit better sleep things of that nature so i think that cbd is a very uh uh, it's a great product especially if you can get it from good sources like which, which you you were saying there as well so i'm, I'm a big advocate of anything that can help especially if it's a, if it's a natural product and what you've talked about there in a cannabinoid system I, you know a lot of people I get on it just it's really good for it just matches up it, it's, it's almost scary to, when you look at some of the terminology that they use in the science of manufacturing uh cbd and then you realize you got the exact same things inside your your body itself right. so you are, you you make
2: natural uh endogenous cannabinoids so i'm not yep. over by the mic i can't yeah
0: <laughs> sorry i failed, no, no, no. I failed Again, right there
1: that's, that's why i i, I really want uh, people to understand that that uh, there there's all kinds of uh cbd products out there just like you said good bad and and different you, it really boils down to uh uh, the integrity of of the company and what right. what you're looking for to get uh, to get out of it. So and I, and yeah, I would uh, say the, if you're
2: uh, if you're going to buy CBD, uh, you should buy it from a, a company that has you know all of our products have a, a a QR code on the back so you can see the the test results. Test results should also be on the website, in my humble opinion, just so you can see what you're actually putting in your body, because right now it's completely unregulated. Uh, and and like I said earlier, like there's there's a lot of uh bad actors out there in the industry. So I would just make sure that you have a, a high quality product that uh, that is definitely third-party tested.
0: All right, so 73 grams of caffeine, is what you said? 75, 75,
2: 75. Milligrams, milligrams of caffeine. And how much, how it's much? It's like a, a cup of coffee, that's oh, about just it.
0: Just one cup of coffee? Yeah. Okay, that's why. I've been, I've been, you're talking about drinking that one, one a day. I, I'm putting two in my drink every couple hours.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Will, Will what, what's, T- tell us about some of your your social media outlets I mean if people want to learn more about uh, getting na- get naked to so, know more about your I got a couple of websites CBD out products. there
2: so I got a couple couple websites out there the one I mentioned earlier was five seal secrets so the number five uh, okay. seal com, all one word and uh, so that that's just gonna give you uh, a PDF and it's about seven or eight pages of really breaking down what get naked is uh, so that that's one piece. If you want to uh, you know, check out the CBD products, go to nw-recovery.com. NW stands for Naked Warrior. You could also write in Naked Warrior Recovery. But uh, I, I made that my original website, and then I thought, well, maybe some people might not want to put Naked in their search engine. So I was like, oh, maybe we should make it NW-recovery. So, uh, so we did that. And so, but either one of those will get you there and uh cuz you know people you know, i don't know what people have been searching on their thing and if you write it naked I,
1: All guys have weird something taste. else you might know, I, you know yeah. your
2: significant other your at work i don't know um so uh <laughs> <laughs> and then uh i also have an you know kind of a, an apparel line you can get your get naked shirt uh at you know what you can get to it from from naked warrior recovery from the cbd site uh but that site but the apparel site is naked warrior you got to write in naked for that one uh dash, I'm sorry, it's nakedwarriorapparel.com. I haven't typed that one in for a long time. It's just on my browser, so I just go You're click just, on it. Oh, naked's on your out. browser, huh? Yeah, fact, yeah. make, your, make your excuses here. Well, you know, I was searching my own engine, and uh, naked popped up. Because <laughs> 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 who doesn't like to get naked? Yeah, awesome. And then I guess uh, I, on, on social media, uh, i I have all of them, I think. I'm not 100% sure. I just, the only one I really focus on, like Facebook has shut me down a bunch of times because I, I don't know why. Because I hurt their feelings. I sell a I sell an illegal product according to them. Yes, yes. Um, And
1: Uh, I think it's because of your American can do spirit. I think it's probably, it could could be that as (laughs) well. You've got got too much testosterone, I believe.
2: (laughs) But the, uh, my, uh, my Instagram is where I spend most of my time and effort, is uh, naked war- at Naked Warrior Recovery, is where to find me on Instagram. I've got a Facebook. I don't even know what it is. Probably Naked Warrior Recovery. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, I think I've got a Twitter thing. I think that's Naked Warrior. I don't do anything on those platforms, but I'm, I have those. I have it. I have an yeah, account. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Too- I, can't, I can't do all the social media stuff. I like to keep it simple. So. I like oh, to get I, naked. Well, that's you what your a, daughter's for. Too much.
0: <laughs> your daughter will run your account. She's not quite old enough yet,
2: but yeah. at some point
0: she will. be. Yeah, she'll run your account. Yes, mine. mine did. You know, right? Until you get mad at me, <laughs> which happens quite frequently. <laughs> what are you going to do? That's what kids are supposed to do, right? Yeah, They're supposed she, to get mad at their be parents. Mad at,
2: yeah, exactly.
0: You know, what they got to divorce their parents at a certain time, you know, so they become their own people.
2: Cut the umbilical.
0: Oh, cut the umbilical. So did you karate chop the umbilical?
2: (laughs) I pulled out my my bench spade and cut it. (laughs) Do you do any martial arts? Uh, I have. So I wanted to do martial arts as a kid, but my dad didn't want me to do them because he thought I would use them on my sister. (laughs) He was probably right. Uh, I didn't really get into any martial arts until uh, after I graduated steel training. And the only, like, the only real reason I did is uh, a buddy of mine who I went to buds with who taught me how to shoot. Like I learned how to shoot like a pistol. I could shoot a rifle. Well, I didn't have the points of performance to shoot a pistol um, until after I graduated seal training. But uh, he also was like, he was big into stick and knife fighting like like yeah. Filipino martial arts. Yeah, he was, Filipino, yeah. he was big. In, he was big into uh, jujitsu uh, and wrestling and And, uh, he did like some security work prior to, uh, you know, joining the Navy. He was like 36 years old when he went through buds. Like he was one of the oldest, maybe 32. Like he was, he's, he's certainly struggled. Yeah. And, uh, but you know, he made it, he he made it, you know, he didn't quit. He just kept going. And, uh, and so he taught me a little bit of like stick and knife stuff. And I was like, I want to do that. And so when, when I went to Virginia, uh, I, I went and found uh, an academy that that taught, you know, some stick and knife stuff. And then that was only like a little piece of it. They also taught uh, some Muay Thai. So I joined, you know, started taking Muay Thai. And I was like, wow, I didn't realize I didn't know how to fight until yeah. I started. <laughs> like, I couldn't fight my way out of a, a wet paper bag, most likely. I mean, I, taught, I took some Taekwondo also. Um, and I, you know, I, I like that because I was like, I want to be a ninja one day. So I'm still working on that part. Uh, but you know, I took some Muay Thai and they also had jujitsu and I was like, I don't need to know that. I'll just stand and fight and I'm, you know, okay in that. Right, right, right. And then I, you know, a buddy of mine, he was like, that was doing Muay Thai and jujitsu. We started about the same time. He's like, dude, come on over here to the jujitsu side. I'm like, I don't, I'm, I'm good. I don't need it. Like we do the, some of the self-defense stuff and you know, we kind of do some arm bars. Nobody will take me down. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm totally good. And then I, I, think I got uh, beat a couple times by a girl, and I was like, "All right, maybe there's something to this." I don't, I don't really know. So, uh, so yeah, so I still, I still do jujitsu occasionally. I'm not, I'm not as active as I'd like to be. It took me ten years to get my blue belt because I, you know, I started and then I, you know, deployed and then I would do it intermittently. Um, I got married and she was, she was adamant that I, you know, wanted to spend more time doing jujitsu than I wanted to spend with her. But meanwhile she would go to her own martial arts classes and so w- whatever. That, yeah, that, she was, yes. That uh yeah. Yeah. so that was that was in the past. She was uh, doing
0: jiu-jitsu with her own trainer, huh? Something like that, maybe. Yeah. Potentially. Yeah.
2: There's no there's no proof or evidence.
0: Yeah. But
2: uh uh but so yeah, so it took me 10 years to get my blue belt, and uh that was about 10 years ago, so I'm I need to I need to get back after it. I still, you know, if there's like a, a seminar or something, I'll go go to a seminar. And then, just as I was about to, you know, I wanted to get involved in a in a in a new school, um, COVID hit. So, potentially in the next few months, I'll get back into it and, yeah. keep training.
1: Yeah, but you got it. Sounds like you had a pretty busy life, though. Nevertheless, a little a little busy. I mean,
2: you know, the last time I trained for like a, an extended period of time, I was in Florida, uh, going to like a it was a senior enlisted academy. So, as in the military, as you go up and. And rank, they'll send you off to these schools. And so I was in Tampa for about three months, and I found a school there. And and at night, I would just go there every night and and train and get a little bit better and learn some some tricks and some some new skills. And
0: yeah, so that's the name of the strip st- bar down there, the st- Jiu Jitsu Club. The Jiu Jitsu Club, yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> yeah, the Get Naked Strip Strip Club.
0: Honey, I'm going to the Jiu Jitsu Club tonight. Uh. <laughs> Can I borrow a hundred dollars? Right.
1: Can I, can I have a hundred ones please. Oh, singles. Yeah, there you yeah. go.
0: She says, Yeah, I happen to have us that right here. Right you
2: know?
1: here. Here you go. Yeah.
0: Wait, wait a second.
2: <laughs> but my daughter was taking jujitsu, so that was that was very cool. Yeah. And so I like to I like to I still train with her. I still wrestle around with her. Like I'll put her in like I'll put her in a rear naked choke all the time and make her fight out of it. Cause I wanted to be able to defend yeah, herself, like yeah. you, you, fight, let's go. It's all. Yeah.
1: On. At what age did you start her into? Uh, like, uh, do either, either five or six, five or six years old. Okay. All right. Yep. Yeah, that's usually what I start uh, kids in, in amateur wrestling. They're mature enough. They understand they look more because right. in, in the United States, you can actually start competing competitively at four. Wow. And you've got some parents that are bringing in these three-year-olds that they're not even potty trained here yet. Right. And, uh, I don't believe it's starting them that 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 young. It's so just, uh, let them be kids for a little, little while. Then, the, when they hit five, I start implementing right. a few things. Make it ease fun. He's a mentor. Yeah.
2: So yeah. It was a funny funny story. I grew up in Mississippi. The only wrestling that I knew about was WWF.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> like and then and then I'm 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 in the Navy. I'm going to my technical school uh, after boot camp because in the Navy you have to go to a technical school like a Navy job school before you can like continue on because that's how you advance. And, uh, and there were all these, these guys in in my school that wanted to go be Navy SEALs and they would come out and they would be, I'm like in their, in their wrestling shoes and they're going for a run. I'm like, dude, what kind of shoes are those? Those are wrestling shoes. I'm like, like Hulk Hogan and Andre the giant. And that's the only wrestling I knew anything about. Like we didn't have any, anything like that down, down South.
1: Yeah, but those are the worst thing in the world to run right? in a wrestling shoe they have no arch I mean, like
2: yeah. and, and maybe it was because they were um, you know they you know they just want to look tough in their wrestling shoes well, that's, that's, that's what of, another piece of it A lot of high
0: school coaches you know they, you know practice starts at 3 uh, 30 so you, you put on your wrestling shoes and then you know uh, to go to practice and then they'll say well let's go for a mile run. So you're in your shoes, oh, right? Yeah, you know, and then you go back in, and, or some of them are like, no, the don't wear those shoes anywhere that's not on the mat, right? You know, I mean, it's like a god, you know, saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and, holy, holy ground, you know, yeah. You can't wear those shoes, you know, except for don't the get them
2: dirty, keep the mat clean, and all that good yeah, stuff, yeah. yeah. But you know, also, but kind of coming back to the, to what you are saying is. Uh, you know, there's this trend now of like minimalist shoes, like running barefoot and things like that, and like wrestling shoes are pretty pretty minimalist. Yeah, there's not there's not any real cushion there to. So it changes yeah, kind of it's, the it's, way that uh, you have to run.
1: When you look at amateur wrestling shoes, they're very, they're very similar to like a, a, a boxing shoe as well. Right. I mean, just a, a low profile boxing shoe boot. So, I mean, that's uh. Amateur wrestling shoes were my first professional wrestling shoe wrestling. as well. So, I, you know, yeah, I was mine, about to that. Mine, too, mine too.
0: And then eventually, you got you to gotta put on the, uh, you got to buy a pair of, you know, wrestling boots, you right? know. <laughs>
2: and have your tassels and all your other stuff.
0: No, I never had tassels. <laughs> <laughs> Not me. <laughs> Only on my nipple rings, you know.
1: That's because you were moonlighting. Yeah, that's it, baby. <laughs> I got that $100 in one. <laughs> Anytime you want to borrow it. Really? At what interest rate, right there? That's.
0: Okay. Uh, <laughs> ah. Well, what interest rate would you give me to owe me some money?
1: Yeah, see, see I, I know there's always going to be a string attached because uh, Mr. Fry is kind of like uh, Mr. Biagi. And uh, he has scratched the pebble from my hand there once or (laughs) twice. So he's learned. He has learned.
2: That's experience for you.
1: Yeah. (laughs) If you you could buy it,
2: everyone would have it.
1: That's right.
0: But Mr. Severn's got it all, baby.
1: (laughs) Most of it. Most of it. So, how is life on
0: the island there, Mr. Severn?
1: Well, I mean, uh, within the last couple of days, uh, a seawall got put in. and That's uh, pretty unique because it was just there to kind of protect uh, the frontage of the property. So I will probably be posting some pictures and a short little video of what, uh, what it looks like now. I mean, it looks like a mud hole, but uh, at least it's got a nice... Steel wall in front of the mud hole because they had to do a lot of backfill into it. So after a few more days of drying that out, and uh, a little more raking, did uh, some other stuff. It'll be looking beautiful once again.
0: Yeah, but, manual labor. But
1: but 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 will just uh, let you know. it's just it's just a, an interesting property that uh, uh, we purchased a little over a uh, year ago. I was looking for a a waterfront property, but but better half actually found it an island. Right I on. kept thinking an, an island. It's the uh, first time that, I mean, I don't swim well. I've never owned a boat other than a canoe. Uh, so She wants to know was, where you're uh,
2: where you're at all the time.
1: Well, <laughs> it's pretty, I, I mean, I always thought it'd be cool as a kid if you owned a castle, you just simply bring up the drawbridge and you got right. the boat around you. And uh, I've got the exact same data right now, except I don't have the, no the drawbridge. Mo- <laughs> That's all. The moat is, is my lake that right. surrounds the, the property, but it's actually pretty cool. This actually just, it's summer number two out on a, uh, you know, basically just look at it as a, as a summer cottage, so I've got the best of both worlds. I mean, it's, uh, I'm, I'll be here till roughly October, and then uh, as it starts to get a little cooler, if I get close to seeing that first snowflake coming from the sky, I shall scamper towards when Phoenix. When do I get a key to the the sun? When do I get my
0: key to the property?
1: Oh, at the wintertime. Oh, okay. <laughs>
0: Make sure I get it nice and clean. De- December.
1: <laughs> so you, you got it from, you know, the rest of October, November, December, January, February, even i throwing throw in March wow. as well.
0: Man, You're it, just amazing. Well,
1: you know, if, do you need a tissue? <laughs> yes, <Yeah, so laughs> I do. How much did you charge me for it? <laughs> but... I, I, me personally, I do have to kind of wrap things on up here, guys. I, I, I would like to, I, I could go on forever. I mean, if you're going to be yes a <laughs> tomorrow there, will I, I'd be more happy to just chat some more on this, but uh definitely I want, I want you to plug any and other ways that people can find you or, uh, that they can, uh, you know, follow you, find you. Uh, yeah, I think that was, else? I,
2: I think that was it. It was like, you know, five seal secrets, uh, okay. To, 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 and your to, website to get you know uh, to to learn how to get naked. It's that get naked mindset. Never quit. Accept failure. Kill mediocrity. Expose your fears and do the work. Uh, my website for CBD is uh, nw-recovery.com or naked if you want to write naked into your search engine nakedwarriorrecovery.com and uh, on yes. Instagram at uh, nakedwarriorrecovery.
0: That's a fancy ass watch. What kind of watch is that?
2: That's just it's just a Casio G-Shock. Um, got issued it. Yeah. Before I left, I'm not. Well,
1: at first I was noticing this. Yet, look, like you have a watch on both wrists.
2: So this is a this is a whoop whoop strap, you know, measure oh, okay. my sleep, I, and I, I could, I HRV, from, and, from my and all that other stuff. I think your AV team is going to get a better webcam for you next uh, next time, <laughs> <laughs> so you can see the details like that.
1: Ah, uh, I see. Okay. Well, I hope to be a person next time.
2: <laughs> that would be so. awesome.
1: You got issued that G
0: song.
2: Yeah. So uh, uh, I mean. It's generally, it's not the best watch for, like.
0: For shark attacks?
2: Shark attacks or combat swimmer or anything like that, but it's fine. Like, I had to learn how to tell analog time again. Yeah. Is that a seven or an eight? So, yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, I got one of these Luminox, This is, like, my seventh or eighth one. Oh, wow. Yeah, I break them. You know, they're supposed to be, supposed
2: to be super tough, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, what what kind of a
0: uh, Navy SEALs tested this? <laughs> this is like I break them every freaking two months, you know. <laughs> so I, I quit buying them, and then I got this one at, at uh, the shit what the hell? at the pawn shop. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs>
2: yeah, I'm just rocking like a just a regular old. It's a G-Shock. It's pretty tough. Had it for a couple years. Yeah. i'll probably trade it out when the battery dies because <laughs> you can't like you can trade you can change the battery but it's just it's gonna leak and all that
1: other stuff so mm. Mm. Le- a leaking battery mm. that uh, this concludes another episode of toxic masculinity hope you were entertained if some of you thought that we stepped over the line well that is our prerogative to make you think and for some of you it might be the first time in your life Put your man pants on. You are dealing with two old white men who identify as Americans The can do spirit. You can either watch us or choose not to. That's one of your prerogatives.
0: Thank you for watching another episode of Dan and Don's Toxic Masculinity. You better like, subscribe, and share or I'm going to come to your house.